Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646 876 and enter the PIN 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. Well, good evening and welcome to the Sports Lounge Live. I'm Bill Sparks, and I'm going to turn it over to Chris. Okay, well, this is May 11th, uh, 2021. Hope uh, everybody had a nice Mother's Day and a nice, uh, nor- more normal Mother's Day than last year. This is show number 143, and uh, tonight uh, we're missing Rick Swan. He's not with us. Uh, family, friends came in, and uh, they're seeing them, so he's not around tonight. But there wasn't too much NFL news anyway, so we'll, we'll cover it when we get to it. So our agenda tonight is, of course, I'm going to give you the list of deaths we'll be covering later in the show. And then there was another one we just found out about, but we won't have information on it. Perry will uh, tell us what he knows about that. And then we will uh, go through, do the panel uh, roll call. Then we'll do the um, Kentucky Derby because there's news because we could have a disqualification, but that's still up in the air. I don't even know a timetable on that stuff. Then we'll do baseball. Then we'll do the NFL just to get it done. Not much news, but there's always a little lull this time of year after the draft. Uh, then we'll do the NBA. We'll do uh, the NHL. And then uh, there's some boxing. And also we can mention the uh, golf and, and um uh, NASCAR winners too, uh, maybe as we go through the panel. Or actually, uh, what was the name? Truex? What's his name? Uh, Martin, the one Martin Truex. Truex. Martin Truex. Truex your first yeah, repeat. First repeat winner this year. Yep. And uh, I, uh, Rory McIlroy won, and he hadn't won yep. in golf for he, a year and a half. Yeah. I didn't realize that, but uh, yeah. he'd been out of the winner's circle for a year and a half. So. And the PGA Championship is a week from Thursday. Yeah, they yeah. start on Thursday. So. Where are they no, playing? A week it? from Thursday. A week from where, Thursday. Yeah. Where is it? Uh, I don't know where it is this year. I'll find out by next week. Yeah, okay. we'll have that for you next week, Chris. Okay. So I figure we know. So NASCAR and golf are out of the way. That's uh, really about all we need to talk about with that. The That's death, right. Uh, we have six of them again this week. Uh, Ray Miller. 76 years old, uh, minor league pitching uh, pitcher, but then he was a pitching coach and manager in the major leagues, and quite a pitcher, pitching coach. He was one of the ones that people talked of as one of the top uh, pitching coaches of, uh, through his career, you know, in the 70s and 80s and stuff. He was really That's uh, correct. He uh, did very good in Baltimore and other like places. Johnny Sane, you know, some all-time pitching coaches, if you think back over your baseball uh, history, you know, some of the guys that people just uh, looked up to uh, during Dave their Duncan. Yeah, Dave Duncan, that's right. Johnny yep. Shane, that's right. Uh, Del Crandall, he was the last surviving Boston Brave, um, uh, but uh, that uh, David didn't have that note in there, but he is. Um, that would be interesting to go through. We certainly know there's one New York Giant still alive and Willie Mays for sure, yep. and wonder if how many Brooklyn Dodgers might still be alive and so and forth. And he but, turned 90 last week, by the way. Yeah, but he, he was the last surviving Boston Brave. He also was... Uh, 
He played for the Boston Braves, Milwaukee Braves, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. Then he managed in, in the major leagues. And then uh, we have... Uh, and he was he 91 years old. in the major leagues, Chris. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Al Jamison, 83, offensive lineman for the Houston Oilers. Uh, Jim Bertelson, 71, running back for Texas and the Rams. So Sean and Perry have heard about him and their lore as uh, fans of those teams. Uh, Jim Johnson uh, was a 78 NHL center for the Rangers, Flyers, and Kings. Uh, Cal Luther, 93, a college basketball coach. So, and I think uh, that's uh, all we've got for... And then, for of course, uh, today we oh, yeah. added uh, Hawaii, former Hawaii quarterback Colt Brennan. Uh, mm-hmm. He passed away. He was 37, and oh. uh, his father said it was a drug overdose. Uh, no. Okay, so as far as going through the panel and saying what's going on here, I actually have a couple of things. Uh, there were two things that, that caught my attention this year, this week, I should say, both kind of related to the virus. And there was an article, I forget what day it was, in the Globe uh, by Dan Shaughnessy, and they were talking about how uh, the Dave O'Brien, Jerry Remy, and Dennis Eckersley had come back to Fenway Park to do the games. And uh, Dennis and, and Jerry... That was last Sunday, Chris. They, well, they, uh, was it last... In the Sunday paper? I don't think no, so, not, because they not hadn't the, come back not yet. This, not this Sunday, but last Sunday. No, but what I'm saying is they came back during the weekend. It was the day after they came back. Like, yeah, okay. And so, what I'm yeah. saying is we talked about his last Sunday column. Yeah, uh, that's right. So, what I'm saying is that it was interesting. Dave O'Brien would like to travel again. He says it's hard to look on the monitors and really see what's going on because you have to, when a ball is hit, you kind of watch the outfielder and the ball, and it makes it a lot harder for him to do play-by-play. Is the ball really a home run threat or just a fly ball or what? And he says he'd like to travel. Uh, Jerry Remy and, uh, you know, Dennis Eckersley, no, they don't really care. It's fine with them that they don't travel. And I'm wondering if we're going to see a situation, like in other workplaces, where people are going to be, like, if they don't want to travel, their employer will have to decide if they want to really push the issue and make them travel. Right. Some people are already traveling. We already had uh, the Reds are starting to travel. They've went to Pittsburgh and Cle- Pittsburgh now, Cleveland last weekend. You know, Tommy Thrall and uh, Bronson Arroyo and... and um, and uh, the cowboy have been traveling, so there you go. So it's, it's uh, yeah, to break. and I it's wonder, Chris, with that with uh, that no hitter that they had. I mean, just think if if uh, Brantley and oh, yeah. or, uh, I'm sorry, Thrall and Arroyo, Arroyo would have had yeah. to call that on a monitor. That would have been a yeah. little bit different. That mm. wouldn't have been as yeah. much fun. And you know, you still you don't have the access to the players, but once the players hit their threshold of um, you know being able to interact with each other they'll also be able to inter- interact with vaccinated people and the basically right. the announcing crews i think are vaccinated you know they're, they're most of them are talking about it so I see think and i think that's, that's that i think the cubs have that player. issue you know when you talk about eckersley and and those guys i think the cubs have on the radio have the same issue pierre's in and i know he, he can comment later on when we get the calls but i don't think ron coomer necessarily cares if he travels but i think right. to pat hughes it is a big deal I think the point is professionalism and the pro- okay. Yackersley and Remy are professional ball players, and okay, right. they don't really feel like doing all the road trip stuff that they had to do for you know all of what they've been doing forty years. You know they've been doing uh, through one way or another majors and minor leagues. But the play-by-play guy knows, and Dave O'Brien, the well-traveled Dave O'Brien, you know who did so much for ESPN all over the place, mm-hmm. knows that to really do the game the way he wants to do it as a professional with the standards he has, uh, you know he he would want to travel. And I think most of them feel that and way. That's I think the most point of the, that, and that's the yeah. point, Chris, that Pat Hughes has made. Yeah, and I, I can tell you uh, around here, uh, 
three out of the four Giants guys want to travel. Um, the only one that doesn't is because, again, because of his health is Mike Kruko. That's but, what I was going to say, yeah. Uh, Dwayne yeah. Kuyper and, uh, and uh, John Miller and Dave Fleming, they want to travel. Um, I'm, now, the A's haven't spoken about it, but I'm sure all of those guys would like to travel. Yep. You know, yep. So, but, you know, I, I'm sure. And you got a situation like Howie Rose sounds like he's going through something, so he may not want to travel. And, and John Strowing is 80-something years old. Yeah. So he may not, but he may, but he may. And I think Joe would like to try. I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Castiglione wants to travel, too. Right. So, you know, anyway, so that's that. The, the other quick one is, uh, had a little uh, trivia thing the other night in our, our sports conference that we do. Uh, the Chicago Bulls on Friday night finally had fans. Uh, the United Center had not had fans for the Bulls or the Blackhawks. Maybe the Blackhawks fans got one game. I don't know, because they're done. <laughs> yeah, they didn't the get Bulls, many. Bulls yeah. about two because they're just about done. But yeah. anyway, Portland also got fans on Friday night. That was the last team, uh, next to last team to get fans. There's one team that never got fans at all in the NBA, and it's amazing that it's the team that it is, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, I don't know why this is. It's a red state. It's a state that you would think would open up faster than a lot of states would and uh, a place where people would just sort of do things, whether it was a county decision or what happened there. We don't know. But Oklahoma City was the one that never got fans this year. So I think we I think we have learned, Chris, through this that a lot of counties do get a lot of leeway in these decisions. Because remember going yeah. back to that thing in with the with the UNI basketball team, that was not a Missouri Valley, that was a St. Louis County decision. Right. Yeah. That's right. Just like, I think I think like that's I the way that it I think like, that's what happened. Like the county was, get lots of leeway. Like I was explaining in the state of Texas, it's up to each business, but technically those businesses, those arena, are owned by a city or a county. So it's like if they're saying that our city-owned businesses were, uh, yeah, you know, or county-owned businesses, mm-hmm. something like that. That's why some of them had there is because it's up to the business. The county can't make that. But decision. it's interesting. But, it's interesting here. Boston has been slow to do uh, usually a week or so behind the state in opening things throughout the uh, the pandemic, but they are going with the twenty-five percent. <clears throat> starting yesterday with Boston Garden and tonight with Fenway Park for the fans. It's gone up from 12% to 25%, and that, that's even though Boston's a little behind in opening other things. But, you know, I, I think that the, that was just part of the equation. That, did, they, that wasn't controlled by – I think that was something agreed to by the governor and the pro teams and the, and the buildings. Yeah. I think that they kind of worked that out, and it wasn't really Boston's call because I think I it would have been a little the, slower. I listened to the Braves the other night, though, Chris, on Saturday night, you know, when they won in 12 yeah. innings and all. They were they're open to a hundred percent. Man, did that sound nice and loud! It did. I heard them Friday night. 100, over a hundred thousand yeah. for the first series. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's three. good. Well, and it was noticeable last night on on the Bruins game. I could tell the difference between uh, twice as many instead of uh, 20, 2,400, 2,300, They had about you know forty five hundred. The Red Sox will be up around ninety five hundred tonight. Right. And uh, you'll 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 know the difference tonight even. And and but sorry, I sure did with the Bruins. Anyway, since our number two hitter Rick is not here, <laughs> I guess we'll be your turn, Perry. Well, we had a combined no-hitter for the Iowa Cubs on uh, Sunday, which that was kind of cool. Um, for those who were on the phone, you got to hear uh, part of that combined no-hitter, so that's always kind of cool. I mean, that's the first no-hitter since 2014, um, so that's always a big deal, and I think a lot of people are just thinking it's a big deal that we even have sports back because i mean our whole all of our colleges went through this season with very few fans maybe 
you know, 10, 15%. So a quarter yeah. sounds really nice, actually. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, of course, well, by the, the minor fall, league I think teams, we're going to be in good shape. I think we'll get everybody in the fall yeah. for college. Which and remember, the minor leagues, they still have to go by the major league rules. So whatever major league policies are, you know, now that the major leagues and the minor leagues are combined, that's the same policy. But or their state, like here, would be twenty five percent in Worcester today, right. probably, which is right. what our state is doing. But, yeah, but it, it really, well, it was kind of cool on Sunday, and uh, we have arena football. The AF two, I think, is a technically the league. I think it's going to yeah. start this week in the Midwest. So it'll be. We're starting to see things slowly but surely get back to normal and. We, we can start the countdown for the XFL now, can't we? It's coming. Yeah, and good Lord willing, we keep getting back to normal. And, you know, people do, you know. Do, I, yeah, think but the, was going I, to, I had a good I had a good feeling about the XFL, where they were when they when they stopped. I think they were on the yeah, right track. They were. They, they sure were. But aren't they supposed to come back next year? Yes. Yeah, that's year. what I mean, the spring of 22. Yeah. So we yeah, and they're, talking, be, they're also talking about some working relationship with the Canadian Football League, too, the XFL. Okay. Anyway, that would be good. So, so, Bill, what do you got? Bill, what's up? Well, okay, let's see here. Um, I think the highlight... You were excited about the no-hitter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's nice to see a pitcher who you probably think of a number four or five pitcher in your rotation who has, ridden, has risen towards the top this year. Um, really, I mean, a no-hitter, somebody, what, 34, 35? What do you remember about this guy, Perry? Very little. You know, I mean, well, I know he's kind of, uh, he's kind of, he's, been he's kind of a journey, he's, he's kind of a journeyman is what I would tell Yeah, he had a lot of good years in Seattle, and uh, I think he's he was here in 15, up. he was kind of a middle-of-the-road yeah. You know, mid-rotation guy here in 15 was not a good team, but the, no. he was. He went to Arizona, I think. He was in Baltimore, Arizona, Seattle. Yep. I don't know, all over he's, the place. He's, he's bounced around. Yeah, and, yeah. and it, it's good. It's good to see a guy like that get, get a reward yeah. for a long career. Yeah. Right, and last year he wasn't so good. Um, it's been an up and down road with the Pacers, the Colts, all week. You know, with the. Then finally signing an offensive lineman, even though he's coming back from major surgery. But uh, you know, we'll just see how that rolls. So, well, that's prov- provided he's healthy, uh, Bill, you're go- you're getting a good person there. So, okay. well, we need so, Robert. Uh, what's your Robert? What's your well? Thing? I I, I uh, haven't been on top of things like I normally am because I've got my own issues going on, but. Um, I uh, I'm enjoying my baseball team this year. They they, uh, they uh, got off to a terrible start, but they've turned things around, and I'm looking forward to this upcoming series in uh, Boston this yep, week. Yeah, there are two. I don't know. I didn't sit down and figure it out, but they might be. We can look at it when we get to the standings in a little little while. They might be the two best records in the American League. The Red Sox they are, are the best they are tw- uh, twenty one and fourteen and twenty one and fifteen, I believe. Chris, hey, well, you better well, enjoy twenty two and fourteen. Yeah, twenty two and fourteen. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. So, okay. go ahead, go ahead. hold on, Bill. Go ahead, I just Bill. said he better enjoy them while he can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to try. At least locally. At least locally. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's right, because uh, there's talk that they may move, and we'll see. But, you well, know, the thing is... Now, now, now is Robert, I, I should say, that happen? Should that happen? Uh, and I yeah. know you... 
I said, now you're still a Raiders fan, correct? Even that though they moved. Correct. So that even correct. so, if the A's would move, you're still an A's fan, even if they moved to Nashville or Vegas or wherever. Uh, well, especially if they move to Vegas, I don't see no reason why to to uh, change because you know they'd be in the same time zone and all that. It'd be kind of difficult for me if they moved to a different time zone. Um, not, not really, because of the way things are. Well, I mean, with XM and the MLB yeah. package and all. Yeah, yeah. that that's true, but um, I like the Vegas idea. I didn't think Las Vegas would be... I figured Portland would get them get a team first before Vegas, but yeah, it seems like all the leagues are very happy with the way that Vegas is, is handled, um, you know, the NHL and the NFL. Well, and, the thing you know, is about Vegas, and this is just and this is me, I don't have any inside information about anything, but right. the thing about Vegas is it gives time for, the, for Oakland to get it together. They've got to build a stadium, and of course, right. Vegas could then be compensated if they build a stadium and they don't get a team. Remember, we've got 30 teams, and the MLB would, if they can get everything ironed out, we're going to have a, you know, whatever strike or labor short, uh, right. you know, a deal we're going to have. And the thing is, they want to go to 32 teams. So even right. if they, they build a stadium and the Raiders end up, uh, the A's end up working something out and staying, then they say, okay, you're going to get one of the new teams. So right, exactly. I think yeah. they give uh, Vegas be, a guarantee. You yeah, know? Be, um, and look, uh, I think I think the leagues are very happy with the way Vegas has handled at least their first two teams. And I know the NBA has talked about uh, wanting a team there, but in my opinion, Seattle deserves a basketball team before anybody does. Well, NBA has yeah. talked about wanting a team there for years. Back when I know. they tried the All Star Game, they wanted one there 15 years ago. Yeah, well, uh, I was I was in Vegas when that All Star Game happened, and I, it was a disaster because of the shooting. So. Believe me, it was, it was not a good place to be when that occurred. Now, Robert, um, while we're with you, do you have the golf and the NASCAR? Yeah, no, I, uh, I the, gave it actually. We, well, yeah, we already did, we already did that. But Roy McIlroy McElroy won won his first tournament in eighteen months. So congratulations to him. The Wells Fargo, and, and yeah. uh, that was in Charlotte. And then Martin Truex Jr. Uh, went to one of his favorite tracks where he always wins and won the race in Darlington, South Carolina. Right. So, where is NASCAR next week? Do you know? Uh, not off the top of my head. So okay. I know in two weeks they're here in Austin at the yeah. over the one okay. track. Yeah. Please. Okay. Yeah. So I, I guess it's time for Sean. Yeah, go ahead, well, Sean. Yeah, a couple things. Are speak talking about the vaccine. Uh, of course, in Tokyo, there's a big petition. Two hundred thousand people are trying to get them to not have the Olympic. However, Pfizer has said they will donate vaccines for all of the athletes, the staff, the workers, all the different teams for the uh, for the Olympics. They said they will donate them. And another vaccine-related speaking in NASCAR, uh, they have a deal on this Saturday. You can go to Talladega. If you're in Alabama, if you're a licensed <laughs> yeah. driver over the 16 or over, uh, if you you make a donation on that day from 9 to 5, you get to do two laps around the Talladega uh, race course. The That's a very dangerous racetrack. You better know what you're doing. Yeah. Well, no, you're going, it's, you're following the pace car. Okay. You're there You have a pace car that you're going with. Uh, 19 years and older, you have to have proof of insurance. Uh, 16 to 18, you have to be with the legal a license, legal adult, and all that okay. is what they're saying. What so, about, okay. Sean, but what yeah, about somebody like, so what about somebody like me? What would I have to do? 
I don't know what we'd have to do. Perry, if we wanted to go. But yeah, I thought that's a creative way to get I, I, people. I, to you're get just used to being in Iowa where you can shoot a gun. So I think you just think you can do anything. But you know, that's, I got to give like, that is a creative way of like because Talladega is like their big play, attraction. That's a way to get the vaccines, and also yeah, like yeah. with the with Pfizer stepping up with the Olympic athletes to kind of you know say, hey, let's get this. Yeah, done. the only the only other incentive you could give in Alabama would be like Alabama football tickets or something, you know. Yeah, or to well, go get not to hang out on on the field at the right. Street football. Yeah. Get to get to have a, but, a, a reception with the uh, say the Auburn coach or uh, Saban or whatever. Right, you know, exactly. Like but let me give you the poll question while we're at it. Uh, go right ahead. Of course, which, by the way, you can call in and answer the poll question or anything else later on. 646-876-9923 or download the Zoom app and you enter code 287-723-4600 hit the pound key twice. The poll question, we've talked about announcers in general. Well, we're going to talk about some of the local announcers, whether it be, you know, they can be pro, college, minor league, some of the stuff around your area that a lot of people, you know, don't, they may know them and then they may not know them. Hey, it can be people that people know. So we're going to, we're going to put that out there. And, also, if you want to contact us anytime throughout the week, 773-572-7715 or sportslounge at allthingsradio.net. So let's get the Derby slash Preakness because they're tied in together, I guess, they are. a little bit. So, so what, what we've got is, uh, and this is, and I have not heard timetables on when this is going to be settled or what, because I will tell you, I remember from when this happened to Dancer's Image in 1968 with Buda Zolodin, they disqualified him like Tuesday or Wednesday after the race, and that was it, and it was over and uh, there was no appeal. They talked about filing suits and appealing and all that, but nothing happened. The reason we remember it so well here is because Peter Fuller was the owner of Dancer's Image, and he, you know, was a local guy. And his father had been governor in the earlier years before I was born and stuff. So it was very everybody here locally was happy that he had won and all that. And then of course, Forward Pat became the Derby winner, and that was the end of it. And it was beautiful. And, and I don't really know what the deal is, but uh, this time uh-huh. Medina Spirit was using a. a I guess uh, some kind Medina. of a stir, a stir, uh, uh, Medina spirit was using it's a Medina, Ohio, I think. Uh, but he was using a, uh, a some kind of a steroid, I think it was. And yeah, uh, it was. It I was think what they, what they said a, today, it was an uh, it was an ointment that had something in it, and then of course, you know, the, the trainer says that he was unaware of it. Yeah, it you used know. To be okay here. Okay, Bathard was unaware of it. It was made illegal last August. He was disqualified from a race September twentieth for at Churchill Downs for using it. And he's had, but what it used to be, this one, you could have so much, but it couldn't be over a certain amount. And it takes two weeks to get it out of your system. And he tried to say, you know, he went on Fox News and stuff, and stuff yesterday. And then he had to back down and said he wasn't aware. And, you know, they're, they're retesting. They're, they're retesting. The Derby is not taken away. No. The Derby is not taken away the title yet because they filed an appeal and they're retesting. He okay. is going to be allowed. He's going to be allowed to run and the Preakness because it's a different in Maryland. It's different not. State. Yeah. But will he come in as a Derby winner or not? And the per, the horse that won or that came in second is already not running. Mandaloon. Yeah. Mandaloon yeah. is not going to run in the Preakness. Now, the way this works, they have an A sample and a B sample. And the A, the A sample is the one that came up positive. They're currently testing the B sample. 
unfortunately, I've had to deal with a lot of the steroid stuff in boxing. Uh, it takes a while for the second sample to come back. So yeah. uh, we, we, may, we may actually find out about this on race day on what, what the decision is. So, well, yeah. or after. So, yeah. yeah, and then he's going to appeal. Now, he had five horses with, this, uh, with issues with drugs in the last year, I, I saw in the Globe. But yeah. he was able to get one, off one, at least, in Arkansas. There was a, an issue with Arkansas. They abandoned him in the Arkansas uh, races, and then he was able to get back in. So people do win these appeals. So it's yes, not an open case. So, uh, Pierre, you know, I see your hand is up. If you want to unmute, we'll get to you in just one second. Right. You really is like Belichick. Wow. Compared yeah, to yeah, yeah, I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. a lot in common, don't they? Yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, and then we'll Let's, start baseball after yep. Pierre. Go ahead, Pierre. We'll, we'll talk to Pierre oh, first. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wanted to know when the next NASCAR race was. Yeah, it's in Dover, Delaware. Oh, Dover, okay. Delaware. Oh, okay, it's in okay. Dover. Yeah, okay. right. And uh, okay. Robert, okay. what was the deal with the fighter that showed up for the weigh-in and they canceled the fight uh, at the weigh-in? Um, what was his uh, yeah, message? that happened uh, on one of the undercard fights this weekend. I I have not heard that full story yet, Pierre, so I can't really answer your question. Well, they said they said he showed up and he was so weak he couldn't hardly walk. Jeez. And so so they canceled the fight right on the spot. Yeah, okay. um, I don't I don't know what the circumstances were behind that. Mm-hmm. So, okay. okay. By, by the by the way, Pierre, our our injured list for the Cubs just continues to grow. I know that. I, I told Teresa that yesterday. I said if they don't quit getting hurt, we're not going to put a team on the field. Well, <laughs> and today and today, uh, Jake Marisnik went on, and they recalled Brad Wick from Iowa. Oh, okay. So that happened. T- so there's even another one now. I'm telling you that is bad. <laughs> Boy, okay. between the Mets and the Cubs, uh, you guys are having a good time there, Pierre. Well, well I tell you, I tell you the thing with the Mets is, uh, if Jake Degrom gets where he can't meet his date of pitching, their their uh, pitching is so hurt that you know they may not win any more games if if they can't get him back into the rotation. Now wait a minute, Robert. Oh no, that was Pierre. <laughs> yeah, may not win any more games. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I think he's pulling Teresa's leg there by saying that. So, well, I don't know, or he's, or he's just pretending, just channeling you, Robert. I think yeah, he's he's doing he, he could be. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, it's uh, any more, Pierre? You good? Oop, I think I hit his button too quickly. If you want, if okay. Pierre, if you had something else. Well, he can come back later anyway. Yeah, he can, come, he can back. come back. Anyway, but it's it's about half past, so maybe we ought to do the break and then do the baseball. Yeah. And there is some big news in baseball, so let's do that, Bill. Why don't we go ahead and play the spots, and then we'll come back with uh, big news in baseball. Okay. Hamilton was adopted from a rescue in 2008. He really likes to be around people. I get out my mat, and I'm doing a downward dog, and he's underneath. He's quite the pug about town. He gets invited to a lot of parties. He knows he's a pretty big deal. Look at this little face. How could you not love him? Hamilton the Pug, Instagram star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. You make sure his toys don't have any sharp edges. You taught her what to do when the smoke alarm goes off. You do so much to keep your child safe. But are you using the right car seat for your child? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. 
Protect your child's future at every stage of life. For information on the right seat for your child, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. So you see, son, good manners are important. Should I go through it again? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Exactly. Always say please, thank you, you're welcome, and excuse me. Sit up straight, hold doors open, don't speak with your mouth full, keep your elbows off the table. Share your things, play nice, and generally treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Got it? Got it. And stop picking your nose. Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. I'm a retired school psychologist, and helping people was my thing. After my stroke, when Meals on Wheels started, I was on the other end of the stick, so to speak. My name is Julius Gaines, creative writer, poet, photographer. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. With baseball, you're going to lead off. With, before you do the standings, I will give you this yeah. giant score. It is four to two Giants at the top of the eighth. That okay, is correct. Giants, Giants playing Texas Rangers. One of the yes. two World Series rematches we have on the card tonight. We have the Orioles and the Mets tonight, too. Uh huh. Okay. So the American League, I do all time World Series matchups. I don't care. <laughs> you know, who cares how long yeah. ago it was? Okay. American League East, the Red Sox are 22 and 14, Yankees 18 and 16. Tampa Bay, 19 and 17. Toronto, 17 and 16. So all those teams are, you know, over 500. So they're, they're contending. Baltimore, uh-huh. though, has slid back to 16 and 19. Uh, in the Central, Chicago at 19 and 13. Cleveland, 18 and 14. Kansas City, 16 and 17. I looked at, I don't know the overall, but I looked at last week's because I keep the standings for one week until I do the next week's. And they were 16 and 11 last week. So they at least lost six in a row. Yes, they yeah, they've, they've had a bad week. So it's gone, you know, this as well. I mean, they're, they're seeking their level. And Minnesota needs to get going to get to their level. They're 12 and 20. And yeah. The Tigers are at their level at 10 and 24. That's correct. In the in the West, the A's are at 21 and 15. So there you go. So yeah. what do we say? The Red Sox are uh, 22, 22 and 14. And 14 so the they are the two best records in the league. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that should be a good series uh, here. And the weather will be nice. No no problem of rain this week. Good. Houston, 18 and 17. Seattle, uh, 18 and 17. Texas, 18 and 19, and the Angels, 16 and 18. So they're all hanging around 500. Not too bad. National League East, they're all hanging around 500, too. The uh, Mets are 16 and 13. Philadelphia, 18 and 17. Atlanta, 17 and 17. Miami, 15 and 19. Washington, 13 and 17. National League Central, St. Louis, 21 and 14. Milwaukee, 19 and 16. Chicago, 17 and 17. Cincinnati, uh, 16 and 16. And Pittsburgh, 14 and 20. In the West, the Giants still surprising at 21 and 14. San Diego, 19 and 16. Dodgers still struggling at 18 and 17. Arizona, 16 and 19. And Colorado at 12 and 22. So Colorado and the Tigers are off to uh, be the worst teams uh, in baseball right now. For our schedule, uh, we did say that 345 starting today was Texas San Francisco. We just got that Giants uh, Ranger score. At 610, we're not going to bother to get a score for it because it's early. Chicago Cubs are at Cleveland. Uh, maybe Pierre will get a score for us later if he uh, comes back in for another reason. <laughs> 635, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. 705, Philadelphia at Washington. 710, the A's at the Red Sox. 
Kansas City at Detroit, and the Yankees are at Tampa Bay. And Baltimore the game. Okay, Baltimore at the Mets. Seven twenty is Toronto at Atlanta. Seven forty is St. Louis at Milwaukee. Uh, the top That's two the top two division. teams. Yeah. Yep. Eight ten. We have uh, the Angels and Houston, Minnesota and the White Sox. Eight forty is San Diego and Colorado. They're going to have a doubleheader tomorrow because they, they said the weather there. is not good tonight either. So okay, if, well, if it quits luckily, snowing, they may, if it quits snowing, they may play tonight. Right. It's been a cool May. Been kind of cool here too. Yeah. Uh, not no snow, but I know they had snow in the Midwest on uh, Sunday. I was told mm-hmm. that. So yeah. Nine forty. We have Miami at Arizona and ten ten. Seattle at the Dodgers. So there you go. That's our standing. And that's so an see. MLB network game, by the way. Okay. So uh, let's see if we can get into our baseball notes. Uh, I, okay, suppose so. we should, I suppose before we get into those, Chris, we do have the big news of the day. Fernando Tatis okay. Jr. has tested positive for the coronavirus. So uh, oh, he will wow. be out. I wonder he, if he just and can't whether it will come out. You know, he just can't catch a break this year. But no. I wonder if it will come out that he, I mean, not every player, like in society, not every player is getting the vaccine. A lot of teams are. And you wonder if he did or he didn't. You know, we, we've had, I think with the Twins, we had somebody who hadn't, had chosen, uh, who was that now? Had chosen not to Andrew, get the vaccine. Andrelton Simmons. That's yeah. correct. And he had chosen not to get it, and he got the virus and right. almost derailed the Twins for a couple of days there. So mm-hmm. hopefully uh, this will be uh, okay for Tatis and for the uh, where is he playing now? Padres. Uh, Padres. Padres, right. I thought so. I wasn't sure though. Okay. So last week we were speculating. We had a situation and we got the answer to the question and we got the full answer later that night. So we got this all nailed down now. We were wondering why the, Red, the Worcester Red Sox were opening their season in Trenton against the Buffalo Bison. And I speculated without any information that perhaps they were getting the uh, ballpark in Buffalo ready for the Blue Jays. And that is correct. Buffalo is going to be starting to play uh, uh, there on in Buffalo, uh, Toronto is going to start to play in Buffalo on June first, uh, or that week anyway. So right. that's uh, they were getting the stadium ready. Now they had it somewhat ready for Major League Baseball last year. You know, gotten the workout rooms better and everything else. I don't know what all they had to do, but uh, you know, maybe they just needed to wait till they wanted to wait till they could have some fans. Right. And New York is liberalizing that. So. Yeah. Uh, and so maybe full attendance soon after that. Uh, and then the new hitting coaches. It really in the sounds. Mid- it really sounds like that, that. Toronto will be playing in the states for the entire season. Yes. yes. Yeah. I think that's true because we've been hearing stories about the vaccination up there from our friend uh, Dave in Toronto, and uh, it hasn't been real smooth up there no, at all. No. Uh, new hitting hitting coaches. And we did mention this guy's name, but we didn't know. We've, we've, we've got them official, and we didn't know the other guy. Hugh Quattlebaum. Q-U-A-T-T-L-E-B-A-U-M, for those of you who want to play Scrabble with baseball names. <laughs> okay. And, and uh, Kevin Howard. So they're the new hitting coaches. Uh, not one batting championship in Major League Baseball between them or anything, but they are the hitting coaches. But so nobody ever has to know. You know these, well, you know, these hitting coaches come in. You know, it's one thing. When you fire Chili Davis, I know who he is, and they fired him brought in these guys but whatever and, you know i was listening to the mets the next day they played a double header with the cardinals and apparently according to uh, wayne rendazzo and howie rose the players were not pleased with that decision making by the the brass to get rid of the hitting coaches the players did not feel it was a hitting coaches issue at all so they were no. not pleased in fact i guess some players were very emotional about it 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, Jacob deGrom had an interesting week. We had we had the information that he had a, uh, a tear, you know, a lat tear, or you know, which is your side muscle. And he was going to, but despite that, then, then during the week it came out that he was going to start on Sunday, and he did start on Sunday. And he pitched well for five innings, but then he had to take himself out uh, starting in the fifth and in, sixth inning, and he, he had aggravated that. And then it turned out that they uh, did an MRI. There's still no... Um, any structural damage or anything, but he is now on the injured list. He's on, you know, the 10 day list. So dating back to uh, Sunday. Yeah. So uh, he's at least going to miss a start and we'll see what happens after that. All right. And so uh, let's see. Uh, John means had a no hitter for Baltimore against Seattle on Wednesday. And then uh, Joe, uh, Joe Musgrove and Carlos rolled on with the first two no hitters and John means was the third one. And then, uh, John Means had a wild pitch on the third strike, and the guy reached first base uh, for Seattle, Sam Haggerty, and then he was thrown out stealing, and that was the only guy to reach uh, first uh, for Means at all during the game. So that was a weird way to lose a perfect game. It was his own fault. It was a a wild pitch, but, uh, you know. And yep. then uh, no walks. The only and the, that's the only non-perfect game ever with no walks, no errors, or hit batters. Yep. And, but but there was a base runner, so that's it. It reminds me of the a little bit of the Ernie Shore Babe Ruth situation, where uh, Babe Ruth uh, walked the guy and got thrown out of the uh, game for arguing the umpire. We had this last year on this day in history, and then yep. Ernie uh, they Ernie Shore uh, picked the guy off and then proceeded to retire twenty seven batters in a row. Mm-hmm. So you know, sort of the same, but similar. It just reminds me of it: a non perfect game with you know basically the the same uh, kind of a setup. Right. Okay, let's see. I need to move. And then, of course, we had Wade Miley's no-hitter. Yeah, yeah, on Friday. Okay, and then... And somebody uh, from ESPN, Chris, while you're getting to your page, somebody on ESPN yesterday said... Uh, with the way the pitching is so far ahead of the hitting and the batting average, I think it was through Saturday. The batting average was across the league was 234. That is the lowest average ever. But this guy said with the way that the pitchers are so far ahead of the hitters seemingly this year, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprising to have 15 to 20 no hitters. Well, wow. you know, and remember, at the beginning of the year, everybody was complaining about the baseball because of what, of, of how home runs were flying out of the ballparks last year. I wonder if they did in the ball so much. It just makes it is it not an exact science. That's the yeah. problem. They yeah. don't know. You know, you you just don't know. I'm I'm sure there's uh, some, and it's going to change again because it's going to get warmer. This has been a cool, at least in the east and the Midwest, it's been a cool April and first half of May, right. and that's going to change too. The hot weather is going to come, and then. Yeah. And the hitting will improve because, hey, you know, that always happens. So right. we'll see. I don't think they want to – I wouldn't think they'd want to make, uh, you know, any adjustments at this point. But getting back to John John Means here, he was the first Baltimore solo hitter, no hitter since Jim Palmer in 1969. Yes. And, and now the longest drought for that is those the Pirates with John Candelaria since uh, August 9th of 76. Mm-hmm. Then we do get to Wade Miley's no hitter on Friday in Cleveland. Uh, and then uh, – he was uh, so the same pitcher was no hit. You know, the same guy was opposing them. I don't know who the pitcher was. It was the same Indian pitcher, but Carlos Rodan had pitched a no hitter. But it was interesting. So that's two no hitters. Would have been uh, Zach Plezak. It would have right. been Zach Plezak. Yep. Right. Okay. Uh, and let's see. 
uh, twice. Uh, let's see, and, and it'd be, it's interesting. So during uh, we got we were able to hear the Tom Hamilton Indians call on that because we didn't have access to the Reds, and he had a couple of interesting points that uh, the last two teams that were no hit twice were the Dodgers in, two, in uh, 2015, who won 92 games, right? And then the Tampa Bay uh, Rays in 2010. Yeah, and, and I, I I know one of the 2010 no hitters for Tampa uh, against Tampa Bay that year. That was the Dallas Braden perfect game. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, that he did on Mother's Day. I, I don't know who the other person was that threw yeah, no hitter. The point was that he was making was they they won the Eastern Division and the Dodgers won their division when when no hit twice. So that's right. Yep. You know. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. And he said that they're really not good against changeups, and that's what uh, he thought was really the issue issue with uh, with them in that yep. game. And then. Uh, and he's the you oldest. For a, I thought for a road call, Chris. I thought Hamilton was very good. Well, yeah, he is yeah. very good. He, he, did. he, he is very and, good. But you would figure, you know, oh, we've just been no hit again, and he wasn't. He was. He was kind of excited yeah. at the end, you know, at the, of the game. Yeah. Not that yeah. they lost, but hey, he just saw. He just uh, saw his, a no hitter. No, I yeah. think anytime it's been done here, I think that's the way the Red Sox announcers handled it. Coming up to that last out, and then when the no hitter actually happens, hey, we did see a no hitter. That's pretty cool. Yep, <laughs> but yeah. that was. The oldest Reds pitcher to have ever pitched a no-hitter. Seaver was uh, 33 years and 211 days, and Miley was 34 years and 175 days. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's right, it was Zach Lisak. I have that in my notes. And then uh, and Jordan Luplo was uh, the last out in both uh, no-hitters also. That's correct. Yep. yep. And, and let's see. You know, and Bill, Bill with, the, with the Reds broadcast situation, are they getting like the Royals? Are they going to have the cast of thousands with broadcasters i don't think so i don't think so i think you'll see very few broadcasters besides um you know because i know Jeff. on tv they kind of have a rotating yeah on tv, on TV they don't kind they of but do, on, but on radio it's it's no. been either thrall it's been thrall all the time but then either uh brantley um chris welsh or in this case, Bronson Arroyo. Right, and mm-hmm. Bronson will be very few games, but he actually does he, did, does he work for their TV? No, nope. he does not, as far as I know. And you know, I thought he was just kind of retired, but he lives down here and right where I live in Naples. Well, Brantley so, no. and Thrall were really after him last night. I don't know if you listened to the game, but they were really after him because Brantley was talking about how cold it probably was. You know, because he wasn't there. He was talking about how cold it was, and he said, well, did Bronson say anything about it being cold? And Tommy <laughs> says, well, no, he didn't. Jeff goes, uh-oh. He said, then you know he was freezing to death. Yeah. Uh, he said, okay. if, at least if it's not that bad, you're trying to joke about it. If it's that bad, you're, you don't say anything, you're freezing to death. <laughs> but no, they're not going to have a revolving door. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, um, and just, again, we get to these sort of chronologically, although it did try to put the no-hitters together, but 1300 The Zone is still doing Round Rock uh, Express games, uh, but I guess they'll go to the translator of when, once. No, the, no, no, they're, no, they're going to still do them. They're still going to do them. Okay, they're go on the translator, though, right? No, no, on AM 1300 The Zone. Yep. When are they going off the air? They're not. You have not heard that story. That was FCC mix-up, uh, FCC... Apparently, it got released that AM thirteen hundred. The zone was going to go off the air, but it's another station that said it'll release that turned in their license. It's another station. They didn't say whether it was another Austin station or not, but they came out the next day. And yeah, we had all. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I put that on a radio group. On, yeah. you know, oh, it's funny. Did. I didn't catch that one. So okay. they're back on the all air right. now. What's that, Bill? So, uh, they're back on the air. 
They are on the air, yes. Okay. They never went off. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. They never, right. They never, it was not, iHeart did not give up AM1300's license. That was a misprint. Somehow FCC gave the wrong station. So it may not, it may be another 1300 somewhere else, or it may be another station in Austin that did, but I don't know, there's been a station that's off the air. Is that the station, is that the station, Sean, where Chip Brown is? Not anymore. He was. Where is he on now? No, no, he's not. He shows okay. up on 104.9 The Horn as a guest a lot, though, where he used to work. But he walked out of iHeart. He walked out. His contract was up in December. Uh, three days after, you know, he announced he was doing, he was there at the Sark press conference on 104.9 The Horn, and he was also appearing on KLBJ AM talking to those guys. So he's, so no, he, they're running, they're running and for, the, and for those who don't know, and for those who don't know, when, when Sean and I get to going with Big 12 stuff, Chip Brown is normally one of the people that we typically quote because, I mean, to be fair, he doesn't miss often. No, and when and even when he does, at the time he had it, like with the Nick Saban situation. At that time, Nick Saban was talking to a booster, and that's the one where a lot of people shut him down. Go, oh, but he was actually. You find out he was talking to a booster. Okay, getting back to baseball. Him. Yes, getting back <laughs> to baseball. Okay, the Yankees and Mets starting on May nineteenth are going to have uh, vaccination sections like the Dodgers are, so that'll be that'll be fine for them, and they'll be able to. Uh, they'll have masks, but no social distancing in those areas. They'll be able to fill up those parts of the ballpark. The Coliseum is also going to do that in Oakland, too, Chris. Okay. Yep. Now, can they get fans to actually go? Uh, well, they've been showing up so far, but remember, they're limited on how many they can have. So. Right. Well, um, okay. So you're yeah. saying there will be a, a, a vaccination section, though? That, that is correct. Okay. So that'll be that'll help. And, you know, really, I, I was just kidding, because the A's can draw. And, and if they're playing well, they really do, you know, they during the playoffs, during that, uh, well, no, a couple of years ago, yeah, when they got into the playoffs, they did okay there. Yeah, they, they had 64,000 for the wild card game. Yep. They know, they're not like the Rays where they say, hey, you can have 25%. And they're like, we'd love to have 25%. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, they'll, they, they'll, they'll probably get their 25% tonight because the Yankees are in town. Right. Uh, so yeah. the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, they, they're, and you can get that in a ticket in New York, too. That's correct. Uh, and, let, and let's see. And they're not uh, uh, doing the negative test requirements for people in the vaccination section because they're in the vaccination section. That makes sense to me. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, the next one is Cincinnati. There were a few issues. Well, we already have talked about Bronson Arroyo becoming part of the, the broadcast team, but a bad situation. Joey Votto got hit. His broken thumb, uh, Dallas Keuchel hit him of the White Sox, and I guess he's going to be out uh, for about a month. Uh, according to uh, the manager, he said it was going to be at the at, at the minimum weeks, but he thought, I don't know what you've heard, Bill, he said it could be quite a bit longer. Yeah, I'm hearing months. Yeah, by the way, Giants 4, Rangers 2, final. Okay. And I was just, for my own little trivia thing, I uh, figured out who uh, the Red Sox, remember, Bronson Arroyo was part of the 2004 Red Sox World Championship team, and they traded him to the Reds for the, uh, the uh, you know, immortal Willie Mo Pena. That's did correct. Nothing here. So that yeah. was not a good trade. No. Uh, and then they, of course, did travel to uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Yep. So then we get to the big story of the week, I think. I guess, uh, no, I guess no. Chris, they were saying, Brantley and uh, Thrall were saying last night that they are the first two broadcasters to use the, the road radio booth since 2019. That yeah. is correct. That makes sense. Because yeah. any traveling that was done, we did have uh, 
yeah, John Story and Susan Waldman go to yeah, City Field and stuff. But, uh, you know, for that road, road booth, that would be the case. Yep. And, um, uh, and, of course, we had Dan Dickerson go to Cleveland. Yep. Does, yeah, that's right. Did, does anybody know if the Dodger announcers travel to uh, Anaheim? No. no. No, they have they not. They did not. They didn't? Okay. Well, the big story that hit on Thursday afternoon was Albert Pujols was waived or given Um, designated for assignment by the the Angels. And the Globe said that he was hitting uh, 197. So and but the the real part of the story that was kind of strange and whether anybody's retracted it or changed it and Perry you can let me know there was an article apparently in the L A Times that Will Fleming was looking at during the game that said that uh, there was a pitcher that Pujols had done very well against uh, that was going to be correct. pitching and uh, that he was not in the lineup he went to Joe Madden asked about it and the uh, the pitcher was Ryan Yarborough and Joe Madden said well it's really not my call. Yeah, and, I, I don't, know. I don't have, I don't have a say so over who goes in my lineup. And a lot of managers have come out since then and have agreed with Madden on that. Wow, that's ridiculous. So, and but uh, it looks like he wouldn't be going to the White Sox. There was a rumor he might go to the White Sox or he might go to the Cardinals. But I guess both of them had kind of said that would be certainly for the Cardinals would be difficult because he could DH for the, for the no, White Sox. No, there's no DH in the National League. And Tony right. says I'd love to have him, but uh, we've got the two spots filled that he he would be good at so right you know but it's got bargain you know if he can do anything because he's only going to have to be paid 500 or 600,000 a year for the rest of the year by the rest of the uh, by the yeah. whatever team picks him up so yeah and I, uh, you know I'm not an Angels fan Chris but I I thought I thought what the Angels have done here to feature a Hall of Famer is uh downright disgusting you know I mean yeah he was hitting 190 remember he also has a 10 year Service uh, services agreement Personal, with the Angels, yeah. yes. And that goes into effect as soon as he officially retires. Um, but, you know, you don't treat a future Hall of Famer like this. You know, he had the right to ask the manager the question. He may not have liked the answer, but does that mean you have to go out and release him the very next day? You well, know, it isn't even that he asked the question. I think it's just the idea of, you know, it, it just—it's just a it was an awkward situation. I'm not defending the Angels. I'm just saying it was an oh, awkward situation. And, and, and it sounded like, in all honesty, from the the athletic article that I read by Ken Rosenthal, that he's not done well since about 2017. Right. And he probably right, yeah. should have been released before now. But I think my issue would be if you're Perry Menagian and you're going to make this decision, don't you at least tell him before the news breaks, you know, and before he would come and, well, hey, why am I not in the lineup? Don't you make the effort to at least, and I, and I would say that with anybody, that's just common courtesy. Right. Uh-huh. And, if, and it sounds like from what the article said, if this goes badly, he may be a short-lived GM. Yeah. And because Artie, is- Artie Moreno is a big Pujols fan. Well, that's right. That's why he gave him that personal services because this was Marino who signed him. It was ten years ago. Marino was the owner then, I think. Wasn't that's he? correct. He was. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. And you know, this was uh, they signed the same year. He and um, and uh, Prince Fielder signed the same year, and uh, we both knew the Prince Fielder thing wouldn't go well. And no. And really, for a ten-year contract, <clears throat> and you look ahead at some of the other ones we've got with Betts and with you know Bryce Harper and all that. I mean, their day will come. You know, yeah. about nine, ten years from now, if we're right. still here, we'll be on show number whatever that'll be. <laughs> yeah. We'll be seven hundred some. We'll yeah. be having that conversation, and you know, it, it, because it, it ten-year contract, we're still here. 
there by that time, Sean, you and I will be getting old. And you, you, know, you, you know, um, you know, we do uh, have Jim, we do have Jamal. So Jamal, if you want to unmute, we'll get to you in just a second. What, uh, what, uh, Robert? Well, Albert, Albert had several milestones he could have reached this year. He could have uh, worked his way up the hit list, uh, um, and of course, uh, each home run he hits he, that would get him closer to seven hundred. So. Uh, for uh, PR standards, it, it, it was a very bad move. By well, if, if you if you're the A's or you're the Rays or some team like that, that A is contending and B might want to see some more fans in the stands, that might be something you might think about is maybe yeah. going out and getting. I have it. and I have heard the A's might be a possibility. Well, Bob, has, that, yeah. Bob has already said uh, I'd love to have him because. Uh, he said, you can come and ask me. I'll give you an honest answer. You may not like the answer you get, but you will get an honest answer from me. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm sure of all the teams, uh, well, maybe not behind the Rays, but I think the A's would be pretty analytics-driven too, wouldn't they? It yes, really they surprises me, though, that Madden would let somebody do that because remember – that's one of the issues he had with the Cubs is he wouldn't let right. Theo basically run the team. And it sounds like that's exactly what's going on with the Angels. That's exactly what's going on with the Angels. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. But uh, I think the idea is, well, do you really want to be a manager or not? And if that's the, you know, the rules of the game, and I guess you just have to deal with it. I mean, I, I wonder. The problem, too- though, Chris, you, you wonder is with Madden, I mean, he's going to be held responsible for wins and losses. Well, right. if you're not putting out the lineup that he wants to put out there, shouldn't the other guy be held responsible and not him? That's well, this correct. is what I would say. I would say that if it were my team, the way I would do it is I'd have all the analytics available to the manager. I'd want to get a manager who understood them. I'd want to get a manager who, you know, and, and I'd want to, as an owner or whatever, I'd want to understand him a little myself, just just a layman's knowledge, right. just so I get what they're talking about. And then I would say to the manager, you know, if I, if I had Alex Cora here, I'd say, Alex, you know, you, you take all the info, sit down with, with the analytics folks before each game or do your Zoom call or do whatever you need to do as part of your routine. And then you make the decision. You live and die with the decision. Correct. And during the game, of course, you're going to make decisions. And I want you to base them on the analytics because we want to use information. We don't want to just laugh in the face of information. But on the other hand, you're the manager. So, right. you know, you, you can do a little, you know, seat of your pants as well. Okay, why don't we have Jamal? And then I think we have one more baseball note. We'll yes, get to Jamal's basketball. going to be yeah. very tired. His hand is still raised. So Jamal, <laughs> yeah. go ahead. Hello, fellas. How y'all doing? Hey. We're doing uh, good. Yeah. Okay, responding to how Albert Pujols was treated, I was not aware that uh, Joe Madden was hanging out to dry by the general manager. And quite frankly, if Artie Marino were owner worth his salt, and he really liked Pujols, he should have stepped in and told the general manager, to unrelease him, get his butt back on the team. If you don't, you're fired. <laughs> well, I don't think that Marino. I don't think he did it without Marino's permission. I think what's happening, yeah. Jamal, is it's like okay, it's like it's almost so, my from analogy. What, from what be, I heard, Jamal, it sounds like basically what Artie Moreno told Menagian is you can do it, work. but if it, work. if it does yeah. not work, you're right. you're in hot water. Right. Yeah. Same thing is in my analogy with the analytics. If you're the manager and uh, statistics will be kept on this, and you say, okay, um, you know, uh, Alex w- wanted to put this guy in this day and he went three for four. That's good. Alex wanted to put this other guy in that we said uh, the next day and it went over for four. That's bad. And you'd have a, a running tally of how it went with that kind of a system. And you could re- reevaluate and say, okay, we're really going to do this lineup for you or, 
you can do more of the lineup than we thought because you know more about it than we – you know what I'm saying? I yeah. think you have an ongoing evaluation process, and I think Perry's right. I think okay. you don't get, release somebody that's making that much money without the owner knowing about it. In now, next, now, next year, one – Hold on, go, hold on, go ahead, Jamal, real quick. Go ahead, Jamal, sorry. And, and speaking of managers, I know last week Mr. LaRusso here was in some trouble because of the way he handled a couple pitching situations in an, in an, over, in an extra inning game. I guess he had the closer be on second base as a runner. And he did, uh, yeah, he did. He did and the, the, let, me expl- let me explain that one, Jamal. What happened was he had – the closer running on second base. And the rule is, if it is a pitcher, you can go back to the runner before him to run on second base. And interestingly enough, right after that happened, uh, the Cubs and the Dodgers played an extra inning game, I believe, on Wednesday night. Dave Roberts and David Ross both had the same situation that La Russa had. Now, they both got it right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the fact that La Russa didn't know the rule, it was like... Uh, are you losing it, dude? At seventy six, really? Yeah. Well, you know the thing. The thing is, I just go back to uh, Stephen Wright, uh, who was pitching really well for the Red Sox in two thousand. I uh, want whatever 18, they were in, 18, eighteen. And he, I think it was eighteen, and he got hurt on the base pass. And right. you know, he pitched a great game on Friday night in Los Angeles. He had to run uh, in Dodger Stadium on Sunday, and uh, he got hurt. Uh, and that was it for him for the season. So, yep. uh, you know, these guys aren't used to doing it, and they're valuable, and you really don't want to do it unless you – hey, they used to do it all the time. Tom Brewer, who was the Red Sox ace, used to be a pinch runner all the time. But yep. they were used to hitting and running, so it's, it's a little different nowadays. Uh, as far as Pujols, uh, I don't know what happens to him this year, but uh, once the National League gets a full-time DH next year, it would be nice to see him end his career in St. Louis. I don't think he's going to play next year. I think I don't think he's going to play next year. I think he I think he wants to play out this year. Right, right. Okay. And get those milestones. And again, if somebody is uh, concerned about attendance or something like that, or even a team like Seattle who doesn't really think they're going to contend, but maybe he can bring some veteran presence to the locker room or something like that. You know, there's teams that could use them for for one thing and another. I was thinking about the Red Sox with Dahlbeck here, who finally yeah. hit a three run homer the other day, but he's been struggling at first base. So I mean, you know, maybe yeah, Sox, he, he could come in and help a kid like that. You know, well, he, yeah, well, he'd go to the minors, but he'd be the first base, be for, playing first base and stuff, right? But, Okay, and the last thing we have for baseball is uh, Masson has uh, let let go of, uh, and well, I guess the, actually the Nationals have let go of FP Santangelo, and uh, he's uh, he was out not working a lot of the games, and uh, now they're going to they've kind of done a quick investigation of his um, sexual uh, misconduct thing, and they now think that it is there's enough smoke there to say that he is not going to be uh, broadcasting for the Nationals anymore. Yep. So, Oh, and I forgot, one more. Beth Mullins did some baseball the other day. The first MLB game to be done for yes. the Cubs, I guess. Uh, she, for did. she did the Cubs-Pirates game on Saturday and Sunday. Right, and I'm sure it was wonderful. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Now, Chris, what, I, will, I will mention, we mentioned it kind of glossing over it, but Technically, since the majors and minors are all combined, there was a combined no-hitter on Sunday in Iowa. And a couple of the pitchers, people would recognize the names. Uh, Shelby Miller was one of them. I forget the guy who pitched in the middle. Um, And then Brad Wick, people would recognize that name. And then Ryan uh, Meisinger got the save. So a four-pitch combined no-hitter. And, boy, it just sounded good to to hear fans out there again. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yep. it does. It does. Okay. I think we're on to the NBA. Okay. And and we will try to go through this and, and the best we can at least give people somewhat of an idea. We don't really know about tiebreakers uh, unless there's a tie and then we, you know, know. But um, right. right now, we're, what we are is we're uh, basically about five days from the end, six days from the end of the regular season. <clears throat> and here yeah, we go. It ends on Sunday, so. Correct. Yeah. And uh, so in the East, we have Philadelphia at 47 and 21. So it's a 72-game season, so you can see how many uh, games are left in for right. each team. 47 and 21. Brooklyn, 44 and 24. So basically the 76ers have first place uh, pretty much wrapped up here. Milwaukee, 43 and 25. So the Nets have to watch their backs. And I don't really know whether it's the Nets struggling or the, or the Bucks. I think the Bucks picked it up a little bit. I think, I think uh, Milwaukee well, no had blown out by San Antonio last night. Yeah, yeah well, that happens. That does yeah. happen. So anyway, they each have four games to go and the Nets up by a game. Then we have uh, the Knicks at 38-30 and 30, and they're not having as bad a West Coast trip as people were thinking they would. Beat the Clippers the other day. Um, Atlanta 38-31 and 31, right on their heels. Miami is in 6th at 37-31. and 31. Then we're getting to the play-in teams, what are now the play-in teams. The Celtics at 35-33. and 33. Celtics have lost Jalen Brown for the season now. He's t- torn a tendon in his wrist. I thought it was an ankle injury from that collision. I don't know when he tore the tendon. I haven't read the Globe, so I don't know what his issue was or where that happened, but uh, they've also not going to have Robert Williams tonight. They're playing Miami again, and they do have the tiebreaker against Miami. Well, they did. They don't now. Nobody's got the tiebreaker. Whoever wins tonight has the tiebreaker, and if they win yeah. tonight, Celtics will definitely uh, be in the play-in game if Miami right. wins. Celtics win, they'll still be winning a game, and with that tiebreaker, it's like being within half a game. Charlotte's the eighth-place team with 33-35. and 35. Indiana is back ahead of the Wizards again at 32-36. and 36. Washington 32 and 37. So they've been having, they had a great game on Saturday night. I listened to the end of that game. So right now in the uh, East, the Celtics would host Charlotte and then Indiana would host the Wizards. Now by next week, I'm expecting probably the first play-in game will be on Tuesday. I'm thinking we'll probably have a couple on Tuesday, a couple on Wednesday like that. So I'm thinking we'll certainly we'll know and we'll be able to give you the final NBA standings and tell you what the play-in matchups are and then what the potential of and some of the playoff matchups for the uh, seven-game series will be set. Chicago's not quite eliminated, but they're 29 and 39. Toronto 27 and 41. Cleveland uh, and Orlando are both 21 and 47. Uh, no, hang on a second. Cleveland. Uh, is 21 and 40, Orlando's 21 and 47, Cleveland 21 and 48, and then Detroit 20 and 49. In the West, we have Utah still on top at 50 and 19, Phoenix 48 and 20, the Clippers are 45 and 23. Denver is 44 and 24. So again, same. We got third and fourth place kind of in a battle there. Dallas at 40 and 28 is fifth. Portland 40 and 29 is sixth. And the Lakers right now are 38 and 30 and seventh. They're most likely to finish seventh and be the top team in the play-in. Um, and that means I guess LeBron James complained. James complained about it last year, but uh, and he'd be even more mad because now he would just go in as the seventh team if they finish seventh and just play uh, the second place team. Phoenix or whatever. Now they got to play uh, at least one game to get in. So Lakers thirty-eight and thirty. Golden State, who they would play right now, thirty-six and thirty-three. But Memphis is thirty-five and thirty-three, right behind them. Uh-huh. And then San Antonio thirty-three and thirty-five. So if the uh-huh. season were to end today, Lakers would host Golden State and Memphis would host uh, San Antonio. And a reminder: then okay, so these teams win. Let's say uh, the uh, eighth, uh, the seventh place team wins and they get seventh place. The seven-eight game winner gets right. seventh place. Then the uh, Tenth uh, place, nine and ten. The loser is out, and then the eight and nine teams play to find out who's going to be eighth. That's, so that's how it works. Uh-huh. So we ran that.
that, but we hadn't run that over for a while. And, if, we the nine, the, and if the nine and ten, whoever, if they beat the, if the nine or ten, whoever wins that first game, beats the eight one, they got to beat them again. Where the eight only has to win once. I yeah. don't. Uh, yeah. Do they? Does nine have to beat the eight twice? Yes. Yes. I didn't hear that. Or yeah. whoever's. Yes. Okay. I thought it was just a uh, just a. No, know, no, no. Game. They have to beat them twice. Yep. But okay. The loser, the loser, the seven eight only has to win one game. And the game. Okay. So the seven eight, the seven wins. The eight uh, goes and plays the nine ten winner. And the those games are at the eight home uh, court. That's yes. correct. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Then we had the, where were we? San Antonio thirty three and five. Then New Orleans has a, just a mathematical chance at thirty one and thirty eight. Sacramento okay. thirty and thirty eight. Minnesota twenty one and forty seven. Oklahoma City twenty one and forty eight. And Houston sixteen and fifty three. So they get the successful tanking award of the year. Uh huh. Tuesday schedule here, and he's back to reading it in the right order. So this was a little helpful. Yeah. Seven o'clock. Minnesota at Detroit. Uh, Denver at Charlotte. 7.30, Miami at the Celtics, and that's one of TNT. the TV games. TNT, right? Yeah. Is that where it is? Okay. Uh, the Clippers is still at 7.30. Clippers are at Toronto. 8 o'clock, Dallas at Memphis. 8 o'clock also, we have Philadelphia at Indiana and Brooklyn at Chicago. 9 is Orlando at Milwaukee. 10 is Phoenix at Golden State. And 10 yep. is Oklahoma City at Sacramento. And the uh, – Knicks are at the Lakers, and that's also, yep. I guess, on TNT. Yes, the other TNT game, yes. Right. Okay, so let's see what we have for notes. Uh, okay, Kyrie Irving got fined. He didn't talk to the media. He and the Nets got th- fined 35000 uh, You know, they, they'd been <laughs> each. Yep. They got fined 25000 last time, and now 35000 So, you know, Kyrie can cost you money if you have him. That's and right. And then uh, – what, Russell Westbrook now has the all-time record for uh, triple doubles because he passed a last night. He had another one. He passed Oscar Robertson. Yep. He has 182 in his career. Oscar had 181. That's and right. he now did it in 100 less games than uh, yeah. Oscar did. Yeah, and, and here's the thing also. Before, from up until the 2015 season, when he had Harden and uh, Durant with him and everything, he only had 10 triple doubles. Yep, and he got a hundred and seventy-two in uh, the from like the twenty fifteen sixteen season on. So one hundred and seventy-two of those, and he's you know he was in the league for three or four years. He's the only one in the top five who doesn't have a championship because you know Oscar has one, Magic, LeBron, yep. uh, can't remember who or four is, but they all they all have. Uh, Championships. You know, they, they all they all have championships, and and Oscar, of course, he became the all time leader in sixty one, sixty two, and so he just kept growing all the way till the seventy three season when he was done. Yeah, okay. And uh, Westbrook is the first player to get fifty rebounds and fifty assists assists within three games. Uh, uh, he had fifty rebounds and fifty eight assists, and he tied. Uh, okay, that we already talked about Oscar, and yep. then uh, let's see. <clears throat> oh, the uh, uh, general manager of New Orleans is not happy because John, Zion Williamson is out with a fractured uh, ring finger, and he says that it's too tough under the boards for Zion. He gets under there, and they're banging him around, and he's not cool. getting the calls, and, you know, poor Zion is getting beaten up, and he just thinks he should be getting calls like the superstars get. Well, he's Zion only been Williams for- reminds me of Charles Barkley, just a bigger version, Chris. Well, well it's not even also, that. He's only been in the league for half a year. You, draft, you know, really. 
he didn't play last year, hardly. Yeah, yeah. And when you knew, you drafted Zion Williamson. Remember, he blew out the, his shoe or whatever in college. That's that was right. an injury going that. in. And then he's injury prone, like you said, last year. He really mm-hmm. didn't play. He's kind of, you know, he's kind of injury prone anyway. So Yeah. Well, uh, you know, he he's like a rolling bowling ball. He's 6'7", 285. I mean, uh, what, uh, with, with his style of basketball, with the way he wants to play, of course he's going to get hurt with the way he, he uh, tries to attack the boards. When you try to attack something that's an immovable object, it's going to hurt you more than, it, than uh, you're going to hurt it. So. Yep. And uh, one last basketball note. Uh, Robert A-Rod is not coming to the NBA right away anyway. Maybe he'll get there, but he's not uh, there yet because they um... – I guess they go well, out. They, they ran out of the exclusive time limit for him to deal. Well, uh, with. May, maybe people think I'm wrong here, but I, I don't know. When, when when you involve yourself in a sport, and you know you end up breaking several rules, um, I you know I have my doubts on whether somebody should should try to be but he a part of the basketball. I, I know, I know. But it's just my personal opinion. So, who, with, well, if there was, if if the when we appoint the Bob Costas as national sports commissioner, then uh, or whoever would be, would would be, yeah. or uh, you know, uh, some somebody uh, George W. George W. Bush or somebody, right. you know, then then that's the kind of thing you can do. But right. you know, until until you do something like that, um, you know that that doesn't that doesn't fly. fly I, I know. I I I, I re- realistically I know that Chris, but it just it just gives me a bad feeling that somebody's made all this money from the way he handled his career and now wants to spend it elsewhere in other sports. So, well, you know, okay. Actually, we forgot. We had said we'd do NFL earlier than this, but we can do it quickly enough uh, before we do the hockey. And uh, the only transaction that I'm aware of that was a big thing, well, you mentioned that offensive lineman going to to, uh, Indianapolis. Yeah, Ed Fisher. Tim Tebow signed as a tight end with Jacksonville, so reunited with Urban Meyer. He's officially, Chris, hasn't signed yet, but he's going to. He's going going to. Okay. Going to, yeah. All right. And uh, so I think that was all we had for the NFL. Uh, Uh, There was one schedule leak that I saw today. The Rams and the Bears will play in L.A. on Sunday Night Football to begin Sunday Night Football. And remember, the schedule does come out officially tomorrow night. Tomorrow, yep. So I assume a lot of people are saying, a lot of people are saying, Chris, that that's you're going to learn when that schedule comes out what people think about the Aaron Rodgers situation. If you uh-huh. don't see a lot of Packers games on prime time, people think, you know, the league then thinks that he's not playing. Whereas if you and do, they think that he will play. I think right. he will. The rumor, yeah, the rumor is, now I'm hearing possibly Rodgers to Denver. Well, Denver needs a quarterback. So. And, they don't, and they have salary cap room. They have mm-hmm. salary cap room. But, you know, the issue is, the issue is with, with the Packers, when you set up the schedule, you basically you've got division championship games, and they are basically considered big national games. And the Packers were the division champions. You saw a lot of Patriots last year, whether there was Brady there or not. Right. So you know that doesn't you can't just uh, you know remake the you know re, remake the the world in a minute you know for things right. like that. And I think you have well, to assume Rogers is going to be there. Yeah. I, I think you do too because I I don't think a when he's out there saying well I might retire I don't, I don't think no. for one minute he's going to retire no no and I, I do number one just, number one if there's one reason he's not going to retire he needs the attention too much well not right. only that not only that he's not going to be stupid enough to walk away from all the money that he'd be getting so you know 
Okay. Any any other pro football we need to do before we get to hockey? I don't think so. Okay. All right. So the NHL standings. Now, we're in a weird situation here because we've got some divisions and teams that are all done and other divisions and teams that are not because of the Vancouver and other situations with the virus. So we will run uh, these down and <clears throat> try to give you an idea of what we know about the playoff pairings because some are set and some are not. In the East, we have Pittsburgh at 77, and the Eastern Division is done as far as standings are concerned. The only game to be played is tonight's game with the Bruins and Capitals, and that doesn't mean anything because uh, the, the uh, teams are locked in. Even if the Bruins win it and tie Washington for points, it won't matter because Washington has more wins. So that's, okay. that's how that works. So Pittsburgh is first with 77, Washington 75, Bruins with 73, Islanders with 71. They're your playoff teams. Rangers with 60, Philadelphia with 58, New Jersey with 45, Buffalo with 37. In the north, and that's Canada, and of course they are not done, we have Toronto at 76, Edmonton at 70. They're basically going to get first place. Yeah. Winnipeg, but the, the real, the one uh, thing that's up in the air there, Winnipeg with 59 and Montreal with 58. So the question is, uh, will Montreal pass and move up into third and get to play Edmonton instead of having to play Toronto right off the bat? Mm-hmm. Calgary's out of it at 49, Ottawa 49, Vancouver 45. In the central, they are done. Carolina with 80, Florida with 79, uh, Tampa Bay was 75. Nashville was 64. They're your playoff teams. Dallas was 60. Chicago, 55. Detroit ended up with more victories getting ahead of Columbus. They're 48, and Columbus has 48. So they ended up uh, not in last place. The West, we have Vegas with 80. Colorado was 78. Minnesota, 75. St. Louis, 59. And uh, those are your playoff teams. Arizona, 54. Kings, 49. San Jose, 49. And Anaheim, 43. So in the East, you're going to have Pittsburgh as the one seed, playing the Islanders, the four seed. And uh, Washington, number two, playing the Bruins, number three. The Washington Bruins series, that's the only time I've heard, is going to start Saturday night at 7.15 after the Preakness. And I knew they would do this, first of all, to, yeah, you know, Islanders, yeah, that's New York, but that splits the market, you know, people won't, that don't care about the Islanders in New York. So you figured you'd want Boston in there against either um, Crosby or Ovechkin. So they get Ovechkin, you know, because right. you always want a superstar and a big drawing team or two superstars or whatever. Right. So, uh, you know, uh, they don't have a lot of, <laughs> they're going out with some uh, some problems in the, uh, in, in NBC with with their rating, they're losing some big teams in the playoffs this year. They don't have the Flyers, they don't nope. have the Blackhawks, they nope. don't have the Red Wings, they nope. don't have the Rangers. You know, nope. the Rangers are the number one team in New York. If, if anybody's going to draw in New York, I'm not saying people won't watch the Islanders. People care about them, but not as much. In the uh, in the North, we Toronto, as we say, we'll, we don't have any matchups yet because we don't know whether Toronto's going to play Montreal or Edmonton and, uh, and so forth, and or Winnipeg, I should say. Uh, and so then Edmonton will play the number two seed and will play uh, whoever the winner of the Winnipeg uh, uh, Montreal battle and Toronto will play the loser. Well, that's all we can tell you there. Central Carolina finished first and they're going to play Nashville who finishes fourth. And for the first time, and they've been in divisions together all along, Florida and Tampa Bay are finally going to meet in the playoffs. That's and, right. Uh, they have not met before, and so it should be a good series. They're they're uh, at eighty and seventy nine. I think I think that division. I think the the Bruins division and that division are going to have some good series. Yes, Nashville, they are. Nashville maybe uh, is a little bit maybe maybe they're the mystery guest, but the other three are really strong teams. Mm-hmm. And in the West, uh, right now it would be Vegas playing St. Louis, and I don't. But we could have Colorado. They're only uh, two points behind, so uh, they have not clinched almost. Well, I 
remember Las Vegas still has one game left. Uh, they have right. to make up. So I'm going to I'm going to run that down going into tonight's schedule. Uh, the ones that are not done. Uh, okay. The Bruins and Washington, but they're going to be done tonight, and that game doesn't mean anything, so basically right. that's okay. The whole Canadian division is not done, of course, because of all these Vancouver games. And by the way, Vancouver's only played 50 games so far, right? and they're supposed to play 56, so it's going to that's take a correct. while. Uh-huh. In the West, uh, and the whole Central is done, as I said. In the West, Vegas is not done, Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis, the Kings, and San Jose. The only teams that are done are Arizona and Anaheim. Right, but that, but but when I say that, there's only one or two games left for these teams. This right. is not like Canada. Can, Canadian division has a lot of work to do yet, and so the schedule tonight uh, Tuesday is only uh, it's a short one for Tuesday. The Bruins are at Washington and at seven and eight o'clock. Vancouver is at Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. That's all you got for tonight. So there. So the so the Chris the we don't technically know when the playoffs start. We know that the Bruins game against Washington is Saturday night at 7.15, and we know that NBC will cook up a Sunday afternoon game yeah. uh, well, to put on. I'm going to guess the Florida matchup will be the Sunday afternoon game, I'm, I'm thinking, just to, you know, because that's the first time they've played and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, you know, I don't think they're going to go with Nashville in the, that first game. They want some marquee game. And But the other divisions, Canada won't be able to get going for a week, at least a week or so. And uh, the, the West will be actually somebody could uh, they could throw in the West. They could get the West started uh, this weekend probably if they wanted to. Yes. But uh, they just haven't said what they're going to do. But no. they did announce after the Bruins game last night when they knew they were going to be third that they would be playing Washington. And if they'd lost and been, if tonight, they might have announced they were going to play Pittsburgh. I just mm-hmm. think that was in. I think the Bruins were sort of uh, penciled in and just uh, fill in the, the partner just because they wanted the Bruins on there against Ovechkin or Crosby. So right. that's what they got. So we had a few notes. Uh, the Rangers fired the president, John Davidson, who used to be a good color man with the Rangers. I remember that. Yeah. He's got a great voice. Hey, he's available to go to uh, all these all these new hockey jobs that are well, opening and, up Well, and considering, considering he's got two years left on his contract, that's exactly what he's already yeah, said. That's exactly what he's going to do. Get in the booth again, and uh, he's very good. I, I always enjoyed him. Yeah. And the GM, Jeff Gordon, I yep. think he used to work for the Bruins, and they're expected to fire uh, Coach David Quinn. And uh, then, uh, so that's, uh, and I, I don't know, it sounded like, uh, I don't know what, what uh, our friend Mike thought, but it seemed to me that uh, the broadcast booth people were kind of saying, you know, just let it ride and this team is improving and just let that, things alone. That, but, that's, the, that's the opinion around New York. A lot of people in New York are very unhappy with Dolan sticking his nose into his hockey team and messing it up because okay. he Davidson, doesn't even know he's got a hockey team, you know, okay. Davidson and Gordon have done a very good job of putting this team back together as quickly as they have. Um, Chris Drury has been named both president and GM and he's very close to David Quinn. So he, he said he's going to fight to keep Quinn as coach, but he may not win that battle. We'll wait and see. And there were other coaches fired yesterday. So Yeah, so we'll get to them. Uh, and then David USF told us that Andre Kobitar was the 31st player ever to play a thousand, uh, get a thousand points and play a thousand games for one franchise. Yeah. And, and, and the other Kings that are on that list were Marcel Dion, uh, Dave Taylor, and Luke Robitaille. So, mm-hmm. yep. uh, let's see. Uh, 
Okay. Oh, I already talked about that. And then we'll move on. We got some, we got these other coaches though. Robert, don't give up. Yeah. Um, we have uh, John Tortorelli was fired by Columbus, who, as we just said, finished last. Yep. And Rick Tockett was fired by Arizona. Yeah, so, and I, I'm surprised by that because Tockett has turned out to be a pretty good coach. So Seattle is going to have multiple choices as far as who they're going to be able to hire as as their first head coach because Ron Francis is already their GM. And right. uh, I know the leading candidate for that is uh, Gerard Gallant, who who is a very good expansion coach because he came in and got Las Vegas started. So okay, they they well, think they think that he will be the first Seattle coach, but we'll wait and see. Yeah, and again, people may look at that Ranger lineup, even even established coaches or somebody who gets dumped after a first round loss or something, yep. and say, hey, and, and if they have a, a relationship with Drury, uh, former BU guy, maybe they'll yep. just uh, hook up with him. So who knows? Okay, so Robert, there's a little bit of boxing, right? Yes, uh, we had a, a big event at Jerry's World on Saturday night. Um, 73,126 people showed up. Most of them did not have masks. Uh, but that's Texas for you. <laughs> As Canelo Alvarez stepped one step closer to becoming the unified super middleweight champion as he uh, beat Billy Joe Saunders with an eighth-round technical knockout and uh, broke Billy's orbital bone in three different places. matter of fact, Billy had to go undergo surgery on Sunday. I heard the surgery was a success, but once a fighter has that happened to him, uh, history has shown they're never the same fighter after that because, you know, your your vision, for those of us that don't have very good vision or none at all, we know how important that is. So um, I, I don't – I think this might have ended Billy Joe Saunders' career. And, of course, uh, he had a very good career. And this would go down as his only loss. So, you know, 30 wins, one loss, and 14 knockouts. So – but Cano has three of the four championship belts, and he's already called out the fourth champion, and he wants to have that fight in September because uh, he's the one active fighter since he's a free agent and can fight anywhere he wants. Uh, he's already fought last December, this February, this May, and he's already got two more fights scheduled for September and December. And uh, Jerry Jones in Texas has been very good to him, so he's he's had multiple events there. So look for Cowboy Stadium to be hosting more of his events. Okay, all right. So, so that's your box. That was the lar- like said, the largest indoor sporting event and the largest sporting event since the pandemic in the right. and the largest boxing crowd. Uh, yeah, the, 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 lar- the largest boxing crowd since Muhammad Ali beat Leon Spinks. Well, in, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's actually it actually is larger than that crowd. It's the right. largest. Yeah. That was the largest. It's larger. Yeah, right. Jerry World's bigger than the Astrodome. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and actually, they could have got ninety-seven thousand in there if they had wanted to. That's correct. And the, the Leon Spinks uh, Muhammad Ali second fight took place in the Superdome in New Orleans. So it wasn't the Astrodome; yeah. it was the Superdome that. Oh, he had that fight, so... Yeah, okay. it was Superdome. It was Superdome. But yeah. And also, from what I understand, everybody, you had to show a, COVID, a past COVID test or a vaccine. Or, vaccination. or also, you had to sign a waiver stating, hey, any liability, if I catch it, I will not. <laughs> uh, Jerry yeah. made... That was part of Jerry's deal, because 
in Texas is up to the business, and Jerry controls Jerry World. And That's correct. It, it wasn't going to so get to far, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So far, with all the stuff in Arlington with the Rangers, they've had pretty decent crowds. You haven't really seen. You haven't heard too much of any incidences of any outbreaks or. Are they taking like contact that. information for uh, for the, when they go to these games, though? I, I hope so. You know, that, you know I, that's the key because if you don't have the contact information, you won't know whether you're having a problem. Right. I mean, they have, well, you haven't seen a big outbreak up in Arlington. Is what I'm saying, a big outbreak. Right, but you I'm just saying, it, you, you know, it, 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 they need to uh, have contact information. You got, you got to have a way to follow up with these people. I, I agree with Chris. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm just saying, Arlington has not had. A, yeah, right, but I mean, people go all over the, you know, you know, and from different places to go to those games too. Well, so. the whole metro area has yeah. it's been it's been dropping up in there in yeah. the Dallas. World speaking uh, speaking of going though, I believe we're ready to go with the poll question. We are. Yeah, that's right. And call in six four six eight seven six ninety nine twenty three and then two eight seven seven two three forty six hundred. Hit the pound key twice. Star nine. Raise your hand. We're going to talk about some of your favorite local announcers. Not the <clears> ones <throat> on the national. We've been, we're going to honor the local. Maybe some that we know, some that we don't know. Uh, okay. All right. Well, um, I'll start off. I'll bet a lot I'll, of years, Chris. I'll bet a lot of years we've heard of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and going back, of course, I go back to the 50s, so I have to mention, you know, the guys I started out with with baseball were Kurt Gowdy and Bob Murphy, and you can't do much better than that. Uh, then, of course, Ned Martin came in uh, and uh, with Kurt, and then uh, – you know, Kurt left. Ken Coleman came in. He's okay. I mean, not not as good. Not you know. I'm not saying he was bad, but he wasn't. I, I when we're talking about some of these other guys like Ned Martin, Kurt Gowdy, and Bob Murphy, that's the top of the line. Uh, you move on up. You had Ned Martin working with Jim Woods, and we're so happy to have Jim Woods here for four years. Everybody uh, really enjoyed him. And then uh, you know we move along, and you know you get. Uh, uh, just into the 70s, we, we had TV uh, was becoming a presence. You had Dick Stockton and Ken Harrelson, Ned Martin working with Ken Harrelson on TV, and I used to watch a lot of those games. We had John Miller in here for three years. Uh, Joe Castiglione has been here since 1983. Uh, we had Jerry Truppiano for 14 years with Joe, and that was great. Bob Starr man, had kind of lost his fastball when he was doing it, but I'll get to him in football because uh, you know I got to run off through all the sports because really we've just had the top of the week. We've had some duds, but we've and I'm trying to not mention them, uh, you know, just just point them out. But uh, Jerry Trupiano and Joe uh, Bill, uh, Day, uh, yeah, I'm okay. Um, uh, I'm, I'm you know drawing a blank. Yeah, I remember him more as a football announcer, Trupiano, of course. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But he he was a good baseball and I sounded like Jack Buck. You know, no, he did, yeah, he was good. The little bit he did with the Astros, but I, yeah, <laughs> you know, and uh, then you know we've we've had uh, Dave uh, Dave O'Brien now, you know, over on TV and with with Joe and uh, and uh, right now starting out is uh, Will Fleming. And you got to mention Sean McDonough. Uh, you know, he's done a lot. We get over to football. We had Bob Gallagher start out with the Patriots and did a great job. Bob Starr with the Patriots did very well. And he and Gil Santos worked together. Then Gil Santos took it over. Well, Kirk Gowdy tried it for a year, but he was over the hill by the time he did that. Dale Arnold, then Gil came back. And uh, and then uh, and now uh, we've got, uh, uh, what's his name? I can't think of it. Bob Sosi. He's doing yep. a good job. Uh, basketball, of course, Johnny Most. Now he, uh, you uh, people used to say, you get two two games for the price of one. The one that's on TV that you're watching, and the one that he's calling. But uh, you know that's the way it was with him, and uh, he he could really call a good basketball game in his younger years. And of course, he got worse. Glenn Ordway did a good job coming in, and Sean Grandy, Grandy and Cedric Maxwell are great now <clears throat> for hockey. 
Uh, Fred Cusick was good. Uh, Bill Harrington, Bob Wilson, Bob Newmeyer did a good job. Dave Gosher, uh, you know, uh, and uh, and of course uh, Judge Surratt is doing well now. And the analysts, of course, Johnny Pearson, who we just lost. Uh, Bob Beers does a good job. People, uh, Andy Brickley does a good job on TV, uh, you know, and, and did a good job uh, on radio too. Johnny Busick uh, was okay as an analyst. So we've really been lucky. We really haven't had. Yeah. We've had certain down times, but generally, the announcers that you guys have heard for the last uh, 15 years nationally, and of course, you heard some of them on the national level, like Kurt Gowdy uh, and Ned Martin doing the baseball playoffs and stuff. I think they were pretty well known, and that's what you get in a big market. But uh, you know, we can't complain. Really, we've we've uh, done pretty well. So uh, I guess uh, Perry, I guess it'd be your turn. Right. So now we have a lot of good local <clears throat> announcers. Of course, some of you on the phone got a chance to hear Alex Cohen, our Iowa Cubs announcer, the other day. He's he's fairly new, and he's not bad. Um, to me, he's still not quite Dean Ellis. So Dean was here for years and years and years, and. When, you, when someone's been here that long, you kind of just grow accustomed to them and their style. And and so everybody here, they just love Dean and, and the way he did the games. But Alex is okay um, for the Iowa Cubs. Um, we have another minor league team. We have the Cedar Rapids. We have the Cedar Rapids Colonels. And that is Chris Kleinhan Schultz who does their games. He's he's pretty good. He does Kleinhan Schultz. Oh yes. my goodness! I, I'm about he to does in the Hogan's Heroes song here. This is amazing. Uh, he does during the off season, of course. Though he does Northern Iowa women's basketball and volleyball. So he's kind of does. He's kind of a you know one for all, I guess. <laughs> um, then of course we have our college announcers in our state because of course we don't have pro teams here, so we have college teams. And I think most of our college announcers are pretty good. Of course, me being a Northern Iowa fan, I love Gary Rima. You can't beat that. He and Scott Peterson do great for football. He and Kevin Boyle, great for basketball. Um, I think Iowa State, John Walters is pretty good. Um, Gary Dolphin is okay. I remember, of course, back in the day where you had the Ron Gonder, uh, Bob Brooks, Jim Zobel, the three who did the Iowa games where you could kind of pick and choose who you wanted. And uh, those were the days of Hawkeye sports. And if you want a little bit of a really local flavor, let me give you a little Really local. We have a lot of good high school announcers around Iowa, and two of the better ones that I enjoy are in a a small town called Mason City, Iowa. Tim Fleming, who's done games there for years and years. He used to do Hawkeye football uh, back in the day. And Bob Fisher, who's done games there for years and years. Not not nearly as long as Tim, of course, but... He's done games there, too. So there's a lot of Iowa announcers. And, Bill, I'll bet you've got some good ones from Indiana. Oh, just a few. I'll probably start with Don Fisher, who's been doing it a long, long time yep. today. And those three guys that I mentioned, they were they all mentioned that they, that, you know, they like working with him. Oh, yeah. Don Fisher, I would have to say. I'd have to say the Colts' new announcer. The football, uh, Matt Taylor. Yeah. I think that he's taken that position to a best. I like Tommy Thrall. Not as well as Marty, of course, but he's not bad. Um, You're kind of looking at it, Bill, like I do with Alex. He's not, When I say Alex Cohen is not Dean Ellis, Tommy is just not Marty. Yeah. Yeah, I would say those are mm. that, that stand 
right out now. And of course, of course Mark Boyle is good. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that's another one that has been the pacer since what 86, 87. He's definitely. And that's his son that's doing the games with him now, right? No. Oh, okay. I don't know. I thought somehow I got and the his impression name is that was Pat Boylan. Boylan. Oh, that's yeah. my problem. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, now, is he, Bill, is he related? Is Pat Boylan, is he related to Boylan that coached the Bulls, I imagine? Somewhere. I don't know, but he could be. And he's stuck with the job. I like a friend of mine on television is a pretty good announcer on radio, too. Chris Denary does the Pacers games on television. So I'll have to throw those people. I haven't seen anybody in Southwest Florida that's caught my fancy yet. So now he's not a sports yeah. announcer, Bill, but don't we just as an honorable mention have to give a shout out to our friend Bernie? I mean, we, he's a good yeah, announcer, yeah. too. He is. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, it looks like this. Everybody that's listening right now on The Legend is called in. I mean, literally. (laughs) Okay. All right, so I'll shut up and let. Is it Robert? Yeah, it's my turn. Your turn. Well, this is a popular Uh, poll question, by the way, guys. We already have four hands. Oh, well, that's good. Um, I've got to be like Chris and go with a lot of the uh, local and pro announcers that I've heard throughout the years. And, of course, my top is Bill King. Yep. Uh, Raiders, Warriors, A's. I mean. around uh, I would have done them, too. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry that a lot of you didn't get a chance to hear him. Uh, because uh, his two best sports. Uh, he did good at baseball, but his two best sports were by far basketball and football. He did those better than baseball. Uh, of course, yeah. and he worked a number of years with Lon Simmons. And, of course, yep. you can't mention Lon Simmons without mentioning Russ Hodges because yep. uh, they they brought baseball to Northern California. They were the they were the voices of the Giants until Russ Hodges passed away. And, and uh, uh, of course, uh, I got to represent the Giants announcers, too, because you had a good guy like Hank Greenwald that, that did the Giants for a number of years. Uh, and he he went to the Yankees, as a matter of fact, and he got, and he's the one that John Sterling replaced. Yes. <laughs> so, yep. uh, uh, so you, Hank Greenwald's another good one for for the Giants, and and of course uh, you had Greg Papa. He uh, he's good with the Raiders and Forty Niners now, and of course yeah. he did the, he did the Warriors for a number of years. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, uh, my, fr- my friend though that's a Raiders fan said Greg Papa with the Forty Niners still. Does not sound right. Uh, no, to it, it, it it will never sound right. But um, you know, that's that's Mark Davis for you. Um, and of course, yeah. uh, we all know what happened with that. Um, I mean, Papa, he uh, was a perfect replacement for Bill, but Mark Davis had other ideas. Um, let's see. Am I forgetting Tim Roy for the Warriors? He's good on radio, and of course. If I want to mention the TV guys, let's be fair to them. The Giants have the best, uh, the Giants and A's have the best radio and TV crews around here. You, with the A's, you have, uh, uh, Glenn Kuyper, Ray Fossey, and Dallas Braden on TV. And, uh, radio is Ken Korak and, uh, Vince Catronio for the Giants. You can't go wrong with these four guys. Uh, John Miller, uh, Dave Fleming, uh, 
Dwayne Kuyper and Mike Kruko. So, uh, okay, and uh, they, they got audio. John Miller and them a couple weeks ago calling for that, that emotional support buddy that ran across the That's table. right. <laughs> that, that, that's right. So, uh, so no, uh, I, I – And they're feel, one of the few – that's the one area where you have combined crews. You usually don't see combined crews anymore, and the Giants days both do that. That's, that's correct. <laughs> they do. So, no, uh, I, I feel pretty lucky around here. So Yeah, we – yeah. yeah. Go ahead, you, Sean. So, Sean, are you lucky said, in Texas? I've always oh, said that. I, uh, I, I, in Texas, we are pretty lucky to have yeah, some good announcers. Yeah. Some that a lot of people know, like you know, you mentioned. Of course, you talk about with the Longhorns. Of course, <clears throat> I remember Ron Franklin doing the football games. Of course, also doing Oiler games, and then then he went on into ESPN and Jerry Truppiano doing Oiler games, and then did a year of Texas games when Brad Sham went to the Rangers. Uh, he. He did some. Oh no, no, he did Texas games. Uh, there was a reason Brad couldn't do the Cowboys. Or he when he went to another station or something, and the Cowboys were in Carol D. Or the Longhorns were in Carol D. Brad didn't do them that year, and then Truppiano stepped in for a year, and then that's how it became kind of you know Bill Shoning, and then it was. But you had and then you had Tom Dore, of course, went on to the Bulls, did Longhorn basketball and baseball, very good. Tom Dorse president was very good at baseball. Very good. And then, you know, I mentioned Bill Shoning and Craig Way. I mean, those guys. Another one, like, you're talking about not everything he does, especially when he does football and baseball. Keith Moreland, he can do play-by-play of both. He can do color. He does high school football. He does the Longhorn and on Radio. And then for TV for the Longhorn Network, uh, you know, very good at all of them. He's, you know, you look at him. Uh, Bill Shoning, I mentioned him with the Longhorns and the Spurs. Uh, Mike Cap, the voice of the Round Rock Express, probably one of the best minor league announcers out there. I'd say he's one of the best. He and he never did baseball until the Express came in. He was an AP reporter, and he was real close with Bill Mercer. Who that's another one. If you look at back in the day, all the stuff that Bill Mercer could do. I mean, of course, I know him best from World Class Championship Wrestling, but that's <laughs> the you know original voice yep. of the Cowboys, original voice of the Rangers, all kind of White Sox, all kinds of. Yeah, you have Chuck Cooperstein, did a lot of Southwest Conference stuff, and then the Mavericks. and Westwood you know, just, One. Yeah, yep. Westwood One, Mark Falwell with the Mavericks, and Mark Vandermeer, uh, you know, and then with Mark Vandermeer with Houston, Brad Sham, of course, we've mentioned him a bunch. I mean, every, pretty much everything he does, Brad Sham can do oh, yeah. well. So we've, yep. been, and we've been blessed with <laughs> some young announcers. Like I said, the guy with A&M, Andrew Monaco, he was the voice of the WNBA team in San Antonio. I mean, he stepped in, and I mean, yeah, Dave South was well. well he he's was not Dave. Dave he's not Dave South. They never will. No, be. No. <laughs> no, he well, you know, he's definitely. Uh, people know what's going on in the games now with him and other yeah, days. And back in the day, of course, the legend Frank Fallon, the Baylor Bears, man, and the voice of the Final Four for years, yep. the PA and after the legendary yep. Frank Fallon did Baylor for forty something years. Yep. Let's get to yeah. our callers, and Al, if you want to unmute, while you're doing that, I will give you a few, a couple here, honorable mentions I, that I didn't mention. Uh, Ole Miss, they have David Kellum. They have Richard Cross. They're both good. Uh, Mississippi yep. State has uh, Neil Price is very good. Uh, Jim Ellis, their baseball announcer, too, is very good. Al out in Ohio, go ahead. Yes, uh, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Well, yep. cold night. But anyway, I grew up in the 50s like uh, 
uh, what Chris sounds for yeah. name. Chris, uh, yeah. uh, my first announcer for baseball is Jimmy Dudley. Oh yeah, yeah. Somebody yeah. might remember. I know you probably. I do. And he lasted until '68. And uh, mm-hmm. Joe Tape. Besides basketball, he was great on baseball. I liked him. Yeah. I liked uh, Neff Chandler for. Uh, oh yeah. He, he did baseball and football for the, for Cleveland. And mm-hmm. uh, the one and the one the best uh, basketball announcer is Joe Tate. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, mm-hmm. very good. No Herb for, uh, he was announcing for a, while, a few years. I didn't care for him too much. It's, he sounded kind of dull. But the, my favorite one, Jimmy Dudley, Joe Tate, and uh, Neff Chandler for uh, yeah, and for football, Gibb Shanley and Jim Donovan. Yep. That's right. They were all my and favorite. We, yeah, the Browns have had some good ones. And what what about um, uh, Tom Hamilton now? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, he's yeah. great. Right, yeah, good old Tom Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, I really like him. He's uh, opinion. He also is opinionated. Yes, he, very yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Good. The stuff that he always says, he gets away with it for some reason. <laughs> they haven't fired him yet, but no. yeah, that's good. That's great. Okay, so, and know, I think I think I think Bill was trying to get in, and while he's while Bill is talking, David USF, if you want to unmute, you're going to be after just right after Bill here. Go I'm ahead, Bill. just going to ditto Bill. real quick on Nev Chandler. What we lost him way, way yeah. too early. He died of cancer, and he was yep. so very good. So yes, he was. Uh, let's let David take it away. There you go, David hey, USF. You're up. Hey guys, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we got gotcha. you. Okay, cool. I called about something else, but I might as well answer the uh, the question here. Okay. Uh, here, here in LA, we're uh, we've been very lucky with our announcers. Of course, you got Ben Scully with the Dodgers, uh, Chick Kern with the Lakers, and uh, Bob Miller with the Kings, mm-hmm. and um, also uh, uh, Duke Emberg used to call Angel games um, and Rams and, game. Uh, and Rams. Yeah, and was, and, and UCLA. UCLA. Right, and UCLA. You, yeah. Right. And uh, on uh, the USC side, uh, we still have an announcer named Pete Arbogast. He's a good guy. He's been with the USC for decades now. Yeah, I've heard him. And, yeah, great guy. And also, mm-hmm. Bob Starr called the Angels games after he left Boston. That's right. Yeah, yeah, he did St. Louis. He was with the Cardinals for a while too. I, th- right. I think I think he was doing Angel games, David, when he filled in for Harry Carey. Remember when Harry had that stroke? I think that's when Bob Starr was doing Angel games, and he filled in for Harry one day. Hmm. Right, right, okay. right. Did you, okay. if you, um, if you wanted to, go ahead and David, tell us what you what you wanted to talk about. Oh, you guys were wondering about uh, why there are no fans uh, at um, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder games. Right. Right. You were speculating as to if it was uh, some sort of government decision. Actually, it was the owners, the owners of the uh, Thunder. It's their decision. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah. Back in early March, uh, they decided not to have fans, I guess, to be on the safe side. Huh. Um, and this, yeah, this made news, and uh, the uh, the Thunder decided not, not to have fans for the rest of the season. So, Well, the, the bright uh, side is they were so bad, they weren't going to get booed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. True. So that's about it for me this week. Great, David. Okay. Thank, Thank you, David. You. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Bye-bye. Yeah, you too. All right. Who's next? Um, Jerry, if you want to unmute, you're up. Oh. Go ahead, I'm Jerry. Okay, here we go. Uh, well, I can go way back to the first announcer I ever heard, and I was really a little kid. Um, my father had him on doing the Phillies with Byram Sam. Yeah. I, great announcer and i loved the announcing style of bill campbell mm-hmm. uh, i remember hearing him when uh 
when uh, Will Chamberlain scored 100 points that night, yeah. and he was he was really great. And then the, the Phillies had a great broadcast team with uh, Bison and Bill, uh, Gene Kelly. He was good too. Um, it was Bison, Bill Campbell, Richie Ashburn, and uh, Harry Callis took a little bit uh, time for me to get used to, but I did get used to him eventually. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was one of the greats. I used to love him here. I used to love His him here. pretty good too. Yes. I used to like to hear him do football on Westwood One because he stayed with the same tone all the time. First down and yards. He had done the first I heard uh, Harry Castle. He he started out with he was the third announcer for the Astros uh, when you know early on in their uh, time. I don't know if he was there the first year, but with Gene Nelson and uh, Lowell Pat. But then he would do University of Houston football. And one time when Warren, Warren wondrous Warren McVay was at Houston, they wanted to do one of the games on Armed Forces, and that's the first time I'd heard Harry really do anything. He did the football for Houston on Armed Forces. And then we uh, then we moved on to hockey. <coughs> I first discovered um, Gene Hart doing the Flyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, when uh, WCAU used to do the third periods only at the beginning. I, I never could figure it out why that was. The first season. Of well, because they were carrying the 76ers, too. And so sometimes it would work out time-wise. Or they'd re- I think they'd even delay broadcast uh, the third periods and stuff. But Gene Hart did them on the road. And Stu Nahan did them on the on the home games because Stu Nahan was doing the, there was no TV on the home games. So then Stu Nahan would come on CAU and do the do the third period. But it was if they were on the road, it was Gene Hart. Mm-hmm. That's how that worked when they first started. Uh, of course, we had, and I don't know if any of you heard his game on Saturday. He's getting older. Mike Lang doing the Penguins. Oh, yeah. I heard about two minutes of that, Jerry, and he's got to stop. Yeah. He, uh, I don't think he knows. I don't think he really knows who's got the puck or anything anymore. I, and I, I, speaking of that, I hope Rick Jenneret finally <laughs> stops in Buffalo because he he's no longer any good anymore. You know, that's that's another one. That Mike Lang go. has been great, and, you know, uh, and all those Penguin teams in the 90s and the ones in the 2000s, that's fine, but there comes a time, and, uh, you know, it, it's just his time is here. I don't think you yeah. can see the puck very well. No. Yeah. I used to enjoy the broadcast <coughs> on the TV. Lindsey Nelson and Tom Brookshire were good, Oh, yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. And Tom Brookshire and Pat Summerall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, course, the thing, and, and you have now. You're, we talked about Big Bill King earlier, but we need to say that Andy Musser did Phillies oh, yeah. games, Eagles games, and 76ers games, and Bill that Campbell did the yep. Phillies, Eagles, and 76ers all as well. Mm-hmm. And so you don't see very often three sport announcers, you know, do all those games, uh, you know, in a city. And those, uh, Andy Musser and Bill Campbell in Philadelphia, did both. Did all uh-huh. did that both yep. of them? Okay, very good. Okay. Good job, Jerry. Jamal, if you want to come in. There's Jamal. Go ahead, Jamal. Okay. Broadcasters in the Chicago area. NFL side, Wayne Larry. Right. Time for the Bears before he crossed the cheddar curtain. Defected to the Packers, right. Yeah. <laughs> After that, was uh, Jeff Joniak. And yep. before both Joniak and... Uh, Larry B was Joe McCullough. That's right. On uh-huh. on the baseball side, let's see. White Sox, you had uh, John Rooney on the radio side for a while. Yep. Yeah, Don Drysdale on the TV side back in the day. The late Ed Farmer ended up being pretty good. You got uh, Lynn Casper, who really began to fit in the bill as a White Sox announcer now on radio. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have Steve Stone as analyst and uh, Darren Jackson. 
and as for the show, of course, you have Harry, you have Cat uh, Hughes. Yep. Even Wayne Steph back in the day was uh, very good. And for the Bulls, Jim Durham, Johnny Turner, and then Neil Funk, and now mm-hmm. Jeff Forsman. Yep. Okay. All right. Is that there all you our go, call? Jamal. I think that's, that's, that's our bro. call. So, Chris, okay. go ahead. Well, I think, you know, and actually I have a suggestion. We don't have to do it next week, but because I, 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 I had, I got thinking about something we should maybe do is cruise because, you know, what, what were good cruise? Yeah, I'll do that sometime. We'll do cruise because I was thinking about, you know, I mentioned Ned Martin and Jim Woods as a partnership and I, and there's others here in Boston that I should bring up, but I didn't want to go back into that. Oh yeah. That could be a whole separate, cruise. Yep. that'd be a, a whole separate topic. Some of the same people we'd been mentioning, but still, it'd be, yeah. you know, just people that you just knew they got along. They just had a good rapport and it just yep. sounded good. You just wanted to tune in to listen. Yeah. Even if the team was lousy, you wanted to listen to them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Speaking of lousy, Lousy things we got death. Okay, so we got uh, we have six. We and and we will get the uh, the death of that. Uh, what was his name? Colt what? Colt um, Brennan. The Colt, Brennan. Hawaii, Colt Brennan, former Hawaii, Hawaii quarterback. quarterback, and only thirty seven. So we'll talk about him next week. <clears throat> okay, Ray Miller, seventy six years old, uh, minor leagues uh, in the, the San Francisco, Cleveland, and Baltimore minor league systems. In the minors, he had a record of sixty four and seventy three. Uh, and then, uh, let's see, hang on a second. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And he was, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Now I got a 69, 65, a 3.50 ERA and 992 strikeouts and then 31 saves between 69 and 73. Oh, I see. He played in the minors from 64 through 73 and then six, uh, okay. And he's triple eight, 69 to 73. I get it. Okay. Then he retired as a minor league player and he became a coach with the Oriole in 74. You know, and it's funny, you look at his record and it wasn't that great, but he had longevity, but you know, sometimes they say, if you can't do, do something, teach it. <laughs> so anyway, 74 through 77 and he, became one of the all-time great pitching coaches. He was a Baltimore pitching coach. Uh, then 78 through 85, 74-77 uh, uh, is the minor league system for Baltimore. Then 78 to 85 on Baltimore itself, he coached uh, Palmer, Boddicker, Flanagan, Steve Stone, and Scott McGregor. In 79, of course, they were in the World Series, and uh, they lost to the Pirates. 83, they won the World Series. And then uh, June 21st of 85, was hired by Minnesota as manager. And he was there until 9-12-86 when he was replaced by Tom Kelly. And then uh, he was a Pittsburgh pitching coach from 87 through 96. Baltimore back again in uh, 97 as a pitching coach. Manager for the Orioles from 98 and 99. And then uh, Baltimore pitching coach again from 04 to 05. And then uh, his... uh, his nickname was Rabbit. The, his motto was to work fast and throw strikes and change speed. He had uh, 563 games managed, and he was 266 and 297. And he and he uh, and he was the Orioles Hall of Fame in 2010. So you know, as we say, Johnny Thane used to hear about Stan Williams. Used to hear about oh, I don't even know Johnny Padres. Uh, and uh, uh, Dave Duncan, you know, yep. just some of the pitching coaches that were just perennials, and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm forgetting uh, many, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, those are the kind of uh, people he was talked in the same terms. Then we have Del Crandall, as I said, he was the last surviving Boston Braves. Brave, 91 years old, 
uh, played, played for the Braves in 49 and 50. <clears throat> and then um, he went in the service in 51 and 52, back with the Braves in Milwaukee. They left during spring training, by the way. They went down as the Boston Braves and left Florida as the Milwaukee Braves. So Dale Crandall went with them and to Milwaukee from 53 through 63, San Francisco 64, Pittsburgh 65, Cleveland 66. He had a 254 batting average, 1,276 hits, 179 home runs, and 657 RBIs. He was an 11-time All-Star, 53 through 56, and 58 through 60, and then uh, both 62 uh uh, uh, all-star games, of course, and that's, again, as I tell you, 59 through 62, uh, those, uh, you know, you see 11-time all-star, but they're talking about the different games there. Mm-hmm. He, of course, uh, they won the World Series, the Braves did in 57, and they were in the World Series and lost it to the Yankees in 58. He had four gold gloves, gloves 58 through 60 and 62, and then he bra- Braves Hall of Fame, and he and Spahn uh, were a battery 316 games. That's pretty good. And then the only behind uh, Mickey Lowich and Bill Freehand. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, then he hired uh, midseason Milwaukee to manage uh, uh, five thirty seventy two through seventy five season. Then Seattle started managing there June twenty fifth of eighty three until September first of eighty four. His managerial record was three sixty four and four sixty nine. Uh, managed uh, the Dodgers farm teams in Albuquerque. And uh, from 69, 70, and then the Albuquerque Dukes, 78 through 83, uh, Santa Barbara Stampede as well, 95 through 97. And then he was on the White Sox radio games in 85 through 88. And the Brewers games on radio, 92 through, or maybe TV too, 92 through 94. And then, uh, yeah, NT, radio and TV for Milwaukee. Then, uh, then our next guy is Al Jamison, 83 years old. Uh, he was Al the Assassin, uh, they called him. He was uh, an offensive lineman for the Houston Oilers in 60 through 62, uh, through 62 before a back injury uh, ended his career. He was on the Oilers championship teams of the AFL in 60 and 61. He was uh, an AFL All-Star in 61 and 62. And, he, and then he uh, ran a construction equipment business, and, uh, and he was a county judge in Houston. So that was his... Yeah. Uh, Sorry, then we move on to Jim Bertelson, 71 years old, Texas, uh, University of Texas, 69 through 71, and he led uh, the consensus 69 uh, championship team. That was the Richard Nixon game when Richard Nixon yeah. said, you know, the winner of the Arkansas-Texas game was going to be the champions. For some reason, they played that game like December 6th. I don't know why they, it was played so late, but it was. Uh, well, was yeah, there. they played it. I forget, I forget why they moved it because, yeah. yeah, normally the A&M game would Thanksgiving would yeah. be the last, but I think they moved it just for – to get that. the hype, and then of course they went on to win the national championship a few weeks later, which did not make the yeah. See, they beat Notre Dame in the uh, Cotton Bowl later, the first uh, Notre Dame bowl appearance since like the twenties or something. And the, the thing about it was that it made Penn State mad. Penn State was undefeated too, and uh, but uh, you know they they kind of uh, became the uh, champion because uh, you know they beat had a little tougher schedule. And then uh, National Football Foundation and UPI in, in seventy, they were the champions of that. Uh, yeah. 250, 2,510 yards rushing at Texas, 33 touchdowns and nine, uh, 100 yard games. And then, uh, he was second round pick of the Rams, 
Uh, he was with the Rams from 72 through 76, retired because of his of knee injuries, and uh, Pro Bowl in 73, and started 45 of 68 games for the Rams, ran for 600, 614 times for 2,466 yards, uh, 16 touchdowns. And then he caught 88 balls for 1,014 yards and two touchdowns. And then uh, and he's on the Texas Hall of Honor in, in 1996 uh, for the Longhorn. Uh, Jim Johnson, 78 years old. Uh, he was a center in the NHL, played seven games for the Rangers in 65 through 67. Then the Flyers, an original Flyer, <clears throat> from 67 through 72. And the Kings, 72. And uh, then the Minnesota Fighting Saints in the WF, uh, WHA uh, from uh, 72 through 74. And then, uh, and then the Indiana Racers in the WHA, 74 and 75. In the NHL, he had uh, 302 NHL games, 75 goals, 111 assists. Uh, and let's see, in the WHA, he had uh, 32 goals and 71 assists. Then we go to Cal Luther, 93 years old, college basketball coach at DePauw, D-E-P-A-U, uh, in uh, Greencastle, Indiana, from 54 through 58. Uh, and then Murray State, 58 through 74. Longwood, when they were a Division II uh, school, 81 through 90. And then U- University of Tennessee Martin, 90 through 99. Uh, and, uh, yes, and then uh, Bethel in Tennessee, 99 and 2000, and then uh, Athletic Director of Murray State from 67 through 78, three conference titles in the Ohio Valley Conference, and then his coaching record was 500 and 499 and one. And the tie was because they decided the, the, there was a scoring discrepancy and they couldn't settle it in 1954. So the two coaches agreed that game would be a tie. So that's why he got a tie in college basketball. You don't see that every day. And uh, let's see. I'm trying to think if we got somebody else. Uh, oh, he was the while coach. You're lo- while you're the- looking, Chris, uh, Alex Cohen is in St. Paul tonight. Okay, good. And uh, so, so much for the, the statements that were made. My early announcers will not travel this year. You know, yeah, I'll yeah. get that out of the way fast enough. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. He was the coach of the Egyptian national team in 1990. I don't know. And they came in out the 16th out of 16 teams in the 90, 90 FIBA games. And then uh, Murray State Hall of Fame in 86. And the Ohio, Ohio, Ohio Valley Conference Hall of Fame in 2000. And U- University of Tennessee Martin Hall of Fame in uh, 2017. And that is it for the death this week. Thank goodness. Sean, uh, wrap folks. it up. Well, folks, uh, y'all can uh, check this out anytime or tell your friends. They can download the podcast, legendoldies.com. Uh, type in Sports Lounge Live in your podcast or have it delivered. Or tell your smart device to play Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcasts or go to 773-572-3006, option number nine. We'll be back next week. Hopefully we'll have the Derby thing straightened out and the Preakness winner. And yep. if, he's go- if he is or is not a Triple Crown winner, if it is Medina Spirit, and we'll have we'll the schedules have the games and the baseball NFA and the playoffs. Yeah, NBA. And NHL playoffs, playoffs pairings. All yep. kinds of stuff. Uh, PGA Championship, all kinds of things to check yep. out. So uh, make your way back here next week. Until then, see you.